0: Spaces. hey sorry i had to sign some stuff for my kid
1: All good i'm i'm locking up here it's like almost 9 30 in my time zone it's time to go home oh, well. sure
0: so. oh you Oh, you're at work still yeah mm-hmm. anyway yeah but the, like expectations wise it's like yeah wherever the top is like, um, you know, you could make the argument that like, if you are comfortable, um, the, the thing oftentimes to do is sometimes just let the price of whatever asset it is run to the very top of the bull run, like have its big dump, have its complacency shoulder where it runs up a couple of fibs and then that's where you sell because otherwise, or you could just simply sell, like pick a target that you feel comfortable with and just exit. Right. Like you could say, Oh, I like ch- chain link at a hundred. I'm out or something. You could always like do that. And then even if you don't, you know, run all the way, you got most of the move. And if you wanted to gamble, you could do so only if it drops again. So if it like, let's say you go to hundred and it pulls back to 50. Okay fine you've now sold you've doubled your bag at 50 and now it almost doesn't matter what happens because you have double the number of coins so even from there if you drop a lot you're good right like so if you make at least one decent swing trade during the course of that then you could mitigate the effect of any kind of like missing of a perfect top or some shit, right so but there can be like substantial tax consequence and shit too though that's the only problem yeah
1: there's almost <laughs> no way i'm doing that my with my luck yeah. this this time around swing trading there's just not not a chance Plus, yeah, yeah yeah like it's, you said short-term capital gains mm-mm.
0: yeah it's it's tricky though because like sometimes it's just worth paying the capital gains um than it is to like ride it all the way back to the bottom again so tricky thing always um But yeah, like, uh, can Chainlink do its ETH run? I don't know. It depends on how hardcore that real world asset thing runs. And the other thing too is like, there will be lots of different chains playing on the same narrative and be like, oh, you know, a bunch of little small projects and whatever is that it's not like 2014 where like your narrative was just tied to your one chain and dental coin can go up a gajillion dollars. You have so many different chains like a trying to attract liquidity and um yeah it's so it's so hard to tell like how potent it will be i, I do think it's interesting that chainlink in particular they there have this like they had this tweet about something about do you want to be like a i don't not not Schiller but like do you want to be a community advocate that's what it was a community advocate like what is a um What is a community advocate exactly? And again, like it's like you get paid to uh, be—I don't know—shilling Chainlink or something, or like like running a Discord. I don't know what the fuck that is. But like, if people need a job, they can check that thing. But like, Chainlink wants advocates, and I'm not sure what that means.
1: The crypto bull 77 is going to make a killing on that. So you know.
0: (laughs) Oh. Or you,
1: you too, with all of your link posts. So Who's
0: Crypto Bull 77 or one of the guys that's posting shit?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, constantly, every single day. But I don't know. Other other it's, narratives I like are, uh, are D-Pin. I guess that's now a narrative. But, you know, I guess, I guess Akash would be part of that. But I'm thinking that... Uh,
0: yeah, but some of those seem really, like, contrived narratives. Like, yeah, but, you know, like, those utility tokens, man, they, like... I don't know. I, maybe. You know, the thing about these narratives, though, people just make them up and then all of a sudden they run and you're like, "What in hell?" well,
1: yeah, you see, that's the thing. They just made up a narrative for it. You had all you had all of these like decentralized storage services before. Um, oh, yeah,
0: all you need is a bunch of lemmings saying deep in, deep in, deep and <laughs> over and over again until like it becomes a thing. Right. That's what it, Well, it,
1: it works, is. dude. It works. It
0: does work. But, it does work yeah it's like we tend to fade these things and it's almost like the fact that we're talking about it means it's a narrative already <laughs> like it's it's pretty pathetic right because like we wouldn't even be discussing it if it like hadn't already made the rounds a little bit
1: yeah that's true but uh i, I mean some of, some of the categories actually yeah, if you if you dig down into it or or pretty oh, interesting. Here's um,
0: an interesting like run run the jewels one of the the Chainlink accounts said there are approximately 100 lending protocols with over 10 billion TVL on an eth mainnet. They're secured by Chainlink data feeds. Uma's Oval protocol will allow these protocols to reduce their MEV theft burden by 90% with no cone ch- code changes required. And um he's just pointing out like how the moat for Chainlink is increasing because you know, between CCIP and the price feeds and things, it's becoming sort of like a necessary feature for a half decent blockchain. So if you have like a blockchain and you have not incorporated Chainlink, you're just kind of like, I don't know, you're just not as good of a blockchain at that point. And like, and uh, serious money is just simply not going to go there. And uh, the people that can afford to pay the fees for Chainlink or what have you are probably going to be the ones with a much higher TVL and a lot of money flowing through. And um, yeah, it's an interesting feedback loop with it.
1: The only problem is I don't see how that equates to price action. So if we're looking at it from a, 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 you know, a a purely speculative perspective, how in the fuck is that going to make Chainlink's price go up? Uh, I mean,
0: (laughs) yeah, it's like, you're right. Like to some extent, infrastructure plays like nobody knows about them, right? People are using those protocols and historically, the the sort of like, what is it called the the picks and shovels type plays, infrastructure plays, uh, in general, don't do as well um, as a lot of other, um, like the actual protocols themselves in terms of pumpamentals. Um, but at the same time, it it creates a, a moat where the price of link is going to create a floor, and it's going to be one of these things. It's not going to zero and the the farther and farther it goes out and the bigger and bigger the infrastructure gets the less likely it goes to zero the more likely big money is going to jump in meaning not like random retards like you know like us buying like little bits of chain link we're talking about like hedge funds and whoever that are going to put gigantic amounts of money in of other people's money and buy these things that chance increases the more safe something is perceived and the more network effect they have the more users Using that product or protocols, or whatever, right? So I don't think it's like Chainlink's not one of those that I put a bunch of money in as like a giga narrative play. Although that'd be awesome too. I put it in because like at these levels, I find that it's acceptably safe as far as like, you know, I'm I'm comfortable being a bag holder at these levels. Does that make sense? Like that's the reason of course, I got it.
1: Of course it does. Risk risk reward, especially when you already have a ton of capital, which you know you do. Um, Yeah. The goal here is not like, I don't like if it 10 X's, it'd be awesome. If it three
0: X's though, it's still awesome. If it doesn't go down by more than 50%, it's still awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, We live in different worlds, my friend. Holy shit. And you know, the thing is, I think it will though. Here's the thing. Like look at change volatility. If you bought a 17, you're
0: already kind of pissed at 14. A little bit, yeah. But, but it's not—it's not as volatile as it was last season. though. holy shit! Do you
1: think there would be any advantage to chain link running? Remember last long? season it was like twenty to seven. Remember? Oh my god! Yeah, dude, it <laughs> you your ass don't. out. Shook my ass out. It, yeah, got you exactly. <laughs> so, Twenty-five to seven, man. Twenty-five average to seven.
0: Now this time, the the bottom line with Chainlink is just like don't get the don't get fucking shook, shaken out. It's simple as that. Because like really, the probability of uptrend is good, and it's like you know, it's like it's it's among the safer plays now. Whereas before it was purely speculative. At least now, all these different components like CCIP and staking and whatever, they will like. It's clear that the company is going the right direction to bring shareholder value to the token holder. Right. Whereas like the four was like, what the fuck is a token for? Like, who needs this? I, I had the same questions. I'm like, what? Like, it's speculative. It's great. But like, like, you know, what's the value of curl mechanism here? You know, you get that right. You do that right curve on it. And you're like, what's going on? Like, when is this thing going to have value? And, and then now they're bringing that. So I'm glad like, the company the team whatever they're looking after like they're thinking about their fiduciary duty to the token holder like think like same way a stock market you know like a company would do that and um so hopefully that's um like hopefully that's meaningful over the time i think they're doing more and more to to benefit the coin hopefully um and like these new systems right they're actually going to generate revenue and um, with Chainlink, the Link token being sort of the gas token for all of this, that might bring additional, like, because it, it it creates economic activity where the coin is used for something. And the more of that that happens, the more Chainlink tokens are floating around, sitting in protocols wallets because the, those protocols have to pay in Link tokens, or in the background, Link has to be swapped for these various assets. And it, and it adds capital velocity and economic activity, and that creates a floor price. Remember. Eth dropped ninety five percent, and then it double dumped to that level with the COVID dump, and still like had a gigantic five thousand percent up move. And what was uh, uh,
1: what was Solana's drop this time around? Oh, good question. Well, Solana's
0: speaking was a total of, taking product.
1: care of your community, right? I, I think that's that's something that's <laughs> learned by a lot of these projects here in this last <laughs> cycle. Of- I mean,
0: Solana if, dumped if, from like two fifty nine ninety to nine dollars. To like nine. nine bucks or eight bucks or something, eight dollars. <laughs> what I have on, I have eight dollars. Let's kind of get this right here. Let's see. So that represents a drop of ninety six point nine percent.
1: Oh my god, And it's well fucking deserved too, with uh, all of their minting of tokens. You know, and yeah, not announcing it's a disaster.
0: it <laughs> No, and and a lot of people got wrecked that. You know, well, first off, the vast majority, if you look at the volume and actually put it, pull it up here, the biggest volume bars for Solana. let's see where they were. They were like some of the largest volume was like maybe sub forty five dollars to like the range of about twenty two dollars. So a lot of people bought this coin pretty high. So when it went down to eight bucks, like most holders were basically wrecked, and probably a lot of people sold in panic as well, because they're like, "Oh, FTX, whatever." Fuck yeah, this I don't think that. there was.
1: I don't think there was a more fudded project between like November of 2022 um, and uh, and early January, right? Like, I, I mean, dude.
2: <laughs> so long yeah, well, they
0: went from being like the golden child because they were benefiting from FTX and Alameda's, you know, connections two being the devil because they're going to do the same things.
1: Yeah. Let's see how that, uh, let's see how that uh, release schedule works for them going forward. I I honestly don't think we see, so I I know you bought Solana at 103, but I I don't, I don't think we see it go much further than its prior high. um, Well,
0: actually what I did with it was um, I bought some more when it dipped to like 90 and then it went back up again and I got kind of broke even. And I exited and just moved it to Chainlink. Like, I was like, fuck this. I'm not messing with the one at these levels. No, so I just sort of, like, broke even and left. Because, again, it it could run. It could make it to higher highs. One is, I think, fine.
1: It could, but the, the market cap of. would be astronomical. I mean, the thing would be... Uh... It'd be above where ETH is now, wouldn't it? So it, It'd have to
0: get to sort of like, um, yeah, it sort of has to get to ETH-level penetration. The problem is, like, there isn't nearly as much TVL in Solana to support that, so it makes no sense at all. Like, Solana probably makes sense at a current at current Mac market cap, maybe. Maybe. But even the, like, even Solana DeFi
1: blows, relatively speaking, to ETH, right? So, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. so... I don't know. I mean, I mean, most things do uh, outside of. Uh, I guess Cosmos is is pretty all right for that, right? Cosmos Kujira, okay. Yeah, Kujira mm-hmm. makes a good argument for it. Um, even all of those will. are kind
0: of okay. The, the lending <laughs> yeah. borrowing calls are whatever, and like perps, you know, like because DYDX is opening a Cosmos chain, um, that brings sort of perps, and Livanus started doing perps, but really like. Cosmos did not have a lot of exciting shit to do for a while, like until recently, really. So, you know, Cosmos had a lot of random DeFi chains, but not, not a lot of great protocols. Yeah,
1: they have a ton of random DeFi chains right now. It, it, it honestly feels a little bit saturated. And that's the one worry I have about uh, the Shido project that I was talking about. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's such an overplayed narrative now because DeFi summer was such a big thing. Um, what I
0: like about Chainlink is like it benefits from all these chains doing well. And all of all chains benefit from incorporating CCIP, but like it's hard to get the first mover advantage of the base layer that Link is creating. Like Pyth network and whoever else, I just don't think they're gonna get to this this level because Chainlink's been working on this CCIP shit for like what, two, three years now? So it's taken a while to bring this to fruition. And the fact that you're seeing all the developments now is like now the price hasn't caught up to how much cool shit it does compared to what everyone else's stuff does, right? I mean, if you think about it like uh, this way, Link's basic market cap is only like 3x of Monero right now. It's pretty low. And Link is another one of those coins, by the way. It's available on every exchange on the planet and it has no FUD in the sense that like SEC never went after them and like there's no which is lips. actually
1: really surprising I,
0: you it's know. shocking yeah like they should be first on the list almost
1: <laughs> like maybe, look at their FDB that's why they're taking better care of the community now because they, they know they could be on that mm-hmm. list
0: you know? <laughs> exactly no I mean I, that that absolutely is smart like do your fiduciary
1: duty for fuck's sake you know yeah. Bring like, bring value uh, to the token holders as, as you should. Yeah, I think maybe they're banking on that ETF too. You know, the mm-hmm. ETF for Chainlink. So I think Solana is going to have a, a real hard time with that, especially after their bullshit. So,
0: but the thing is, like, so once CCIp brings in, like, they bring in real world assets, or they bring in, you know, <clears throat> like sort of like here's the other thing about B. You could actually bring in, like. ETF-BTC pairings into Chainlink. You don't have to bring in BTC native because you already have a place that's regulated and you can bring that in, right? So it's like, yeah, the interesting thing about CCIP stuff is it's also natively anti-MEV, right? Because this stuff is not happening directly on-chain, so you can't forecast like... You know you can't rip off people like you do now so it's like I, I just can't see a world where like the regular open blockchains is where you're going to trade fucking anything it just makes no sense at scale it doesn't make sense like you have to have those Z, the zk layers and all that stuff and the cool thing about having these extra execution layers like chain link automation stuff is that you can run the privacy layers on the on the side you don't have to have them like baked into the blockchain necessarily so if you are going to go like buy something,
1: that's exactly to... what I was saying earlier about real world assets. That like mm-hmm. like if, if things like that are going to happen on chain, it's going to have to happen on some on some kind of a, a privacy layer. So there's some, some yeah
0: semi private semi public or at least it's privacy. You could have privacy when you need it when you don't you don't.
1: Yeah, the, the problem is we need the powers that be to realize that that privacy is actually necessary. It can't just be totally open and, and 100% in their control, right? I mean, that's... Oh, they they know this, like... Do, do they? Because they're really pushing hard against it,
0: man. Nah, the they is usually like the Elizabeth Warren retards. Like, th- there's always someone in government that's a statist. Like, the type of person who wants big government, who wants, like who feels like there's a government solution to every problem. Oh, we have to solve all the money launders and whatever, whatever. I get it. I understand why they want to do all that. But the extent that you're willing to go to subjugate, um, you know, add rules and regulations, at least in the last 20 to 30 years, you know, legalese and excess regulations have gone completely haywire to the point where like, you know, it's on. You, you're a criminal almost no matter what you do, like. We probably have said some criminal things today without even knowing it. So the thing is, like, when you have so that sort of system um, is always there. But there are there's definitely those in government that are not interested in that for sure. Also, Um, it's not automatic that everyone does. Mm. So you'd you'd hope that cooler heads prevail and you don't have a fucking Nazi totalitarian state at some stage. But... um, but yeah, the, all of the, the 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 idea that like politicians don't want their privacy, of course they do. And they know that their families are going to want privacy, right? Don't automatically assume that politicians aren't people. Like people just act like people and they know that if they have no privacy, that they can't make all their illicit money either.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> true. there's a tendency for a certain type of person more often. And, and sorry, there's, there's a proclivity for certain people to be a certain way to be a politician, you know, and and, and I'm not sure that they necessarily see that far in front of themselves. Yeah, it's like the political phenotype. Mm -hmm. It's like a behavior and it's
0: like a type that goes into that, that tend to be more status.
1: Yeah, just just in the same way. Libertarians do not run for office very often. No. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's because there aren't there aren't that many of them, you know, it's uh, no, it's the nature of libertarian. It's like, leave me the fuck alone. I'll leave you alone. Why would you then go to join government? Yeah, it's kind of interesting that that's how our government was formed in mm-hmm. the first place. You know, it's, yep. such, it's such an anomaly. But uh, speaking of that tendency, man, surgeons uh, tend to be people who take extreme risks. So, I mean, you know, all this is, is kind of making sense, Seffi. Fucking <laughs> 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 degenerate gambling surgeon on, uh, on chain. So... <laughs>
0: Gamble away We're having fun Mm. For the community (laughs) Anyone want to come hang out Feel free Um, Tell me some more like Bullish link shit Everyone's getting a link hard on
1: Um, you do have a link hard on oh my god mm-hmm. every opportunity every opportunity Dude, what's going on with bruce with this uh this luna shit i mean his his posts it's they've gone <laughs> completely ape shit uh, like i, I don't e- i don't even know what to fucking think about it any anymore it's so totally off the wall uh, <laughs> yeah it's amazing right Hmm. The, the the bandwidth that he has for trolling is is just unbelievable. I, I mean, I, I swear <laughs> to God, he's, he's like one of the OG, um, like four chan trolls that that I grew up with that corrupted me when I was in middle school and high school. That's that's nice, got right? Church Bruce. So, <laughs> I wonder
0: if he's listening? No, he's not. Max Pro is like inverse head and shoulders on link. Anything under fifty is a legendary buy.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, tend to Could be. Yeah, I think like um, like linked to fifty bucks is the easy part. That's sort of the that's like the, you know getting back to prior high and hitting resistance is kind of like straightforward, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. At a at on a at a base case, I think that would likely happen. What did Chainlink today say? We're excited to see the next-gen apps that developers can build on base using advanced off-chain compute capabilities enabled by Chainlink Automation. Mm, Automation will unlock innovative use cases on base. Yeah, that that sort of game I've been thinking of creating too, I believe Chainlink CCIP is probably where I'd have to build it. Because what's interesting here is like Chainlink has automations on the one hand, has oracles so you can make You can make events in a game based on Oracle feeds of one sort or the other. You have um, um, the verifiable randomness. So the VR module or whatever for Chainlink, you can bring in random numbers in so you can. And then if they incorporate privacy also, then you could have, say, for example, a poker hand where it's private until you show your hand. Right. So that has to be a capability. You can't do like. Like Right now, online gambling is like they're using centralized systems to solve for that because that computation or that randomization, random generation has to happen somewhere. So the CCIP,
1: right. you so can how do these the Keno protocols work then with, with like Rollbit and, and Winner? Mm-hmm. Like, it,
0: well, Rollbit, Rollbit, I don't know how they've done it, but everyone has their different way of doing on-chain randomness. In fact, there's a new Cosmos protocol, a Cosmos chain called Noise, N-O-I-S. It just released like um It's just about to release or something. It's about to go mainnet. And noise is basically about uh, the ability to bring on-chain randomness into a uh, into your Cosmosmum chain. You, I guess, it's using IBC or something. Anyway, you can kind of tri- you can use the messaging service to get on-chain randomness from Noise Protocol and bring it into your chain. The thing about CCIP is for Chainlink, it has that as one of its modules already. So now you have randomness which you need for gaming, you have um, like, you know, basically like rolling a dice essentially, right? It has randomness, it has um, the cross-chain protocol to take assets everywhere. It has automation, which means they can keep on adding more and more automations. It's almost like think about Cosmosm, but imagine that being done on chain link nodes. So that creates an execution layer you can run parts of your program on. And so you're not going to want to like run all this on chain. You're going to want to run this off chain where the computation is fast and cheap. Right. So, and then you have chain links and be able to add things like what Akash and others have had, which is on chain compute, meaning just put GPU and whatever services on. So once you have the CCIP framework, you have a way to connect all sorts of assets together um, in a gigantic sort of internet. And um, so so I don't I think their goal, which is basically to sort of like be the underlayer of everything. Um, it appears that Ethereum simply cannot do this. In fact, we know for sure Ethereum can't do this now, unless they're coming up with some miracle that I'm not aware of. It's just too slow, it's not scalable, whatever. And pretty much every blockchain winds up with the same problem, scalability um is is hard and then like you, you have speed problems and even if you go to proof of stake you have problems and you can parallel parallelize things and create layer twos but then you get centralization it's just one cluster fuck off fuck after the other basically like it just like so the bearish case for say ethereum would be like well maybe it pumps because people invest in it but there's a threshold after which it just can't scale to something that's going to run the world Whereas in theory, Chainlink could scale to run the world because it's not a blockchain, right? So that's that's the interesting thing about that. So I think like whatever problems um, people have on blockchains will translate to, huh, maybe this Chainlink thing is more interesting, right? So that's a, so the FUD from everyone else would be a positive for, for a Chainlink too. Anyway, but like all of these things, coupled with real world assets, coupled with gold and USDC or whatever, you have every tool in your toolbox necessary to build new DApps that run off of ccip does that make sense like you might have a your your token value might be on solana which is where you might secure the 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 value of say your protocols um like you know your token may be there but you can you can basically use ccip in the background and to do all these other shit and you don't have to rely upon EVM. You don't have to re- rely upon CosmWasm. Wasm. Like eventually, you'll have an entire programming language you can deploy right on Ccip. You could you could execute through those systems and then bring that back to your chain. Once the uh, answer has been like the the answer to the problem has been solved, it just comes right back to your 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 DAP or your project, and and that's really cool. So I think like this chainlink Ccip system to me, it's like this really opens up for gigantic gaming operations like not the gaming shit that we have now like you know that you you have like little blockchains and shit i'm talking about that
1: exactly why avax is incorporated ccip um for for yeah avax already has too yep i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's specific to gaming i'm not sure that they've they've not sure they've incorporated
0: it. Uh, and AVAX's concept was that it's like side chains or what do you call it? Not parachains. Um, they're called um, subnets, AVAX subnets. Yes. We're supposed to be really fast and therefore you're able to like make a subnet for your game. And then um, and then you can like if CCIP has been incorporated native into let me pull up the Avalanche thing here. If it's been incorporated native into Avalanche, that means any subnet could also use it in theory. Um let me see here. Um on Avalanche, you have let's see, Parallel Finance, Kobo, Cozyverse, Cluster, um, li.fi I'm trying to see if there's like if this has been incorporated is being incorporated into Avalanche mainnet or into subnets. I'm not sure about that. Let me see. Um there's about a hundred of them here. I'm just scrolling through, to see what they have. Um Yeti Finance, Fiscus DAO, um, Thor Financial. I don't really know too much about Avalanche ecosystem to tell you. like, uh, But there's about 100 different Avalanche projects that are using various components of Chainlink. They're not all CCIP, though. Some of them are using data feeds. Some of them are using NFT um, connectivity. Some of them are using VRF. So there's a game called... Crafting game on Avalanche called Tailcraft, and they're using the on-chain random, on-chain uh, verifiable randomness uh, module. Um, let's see who else. Float called Magic Internet Assets. They're using data feeds and VRF. Um, Doge Run NFT to Earn gaming platform is using NFT, crushing NFTs, and they're using. VRF via Chainlink, again, for the randomness part of it. So a lot of these protocols, um, quite a few of them are using the verifiable randomness system for gaming. So crypto companions, AVAX cells, there's a whole bunch of like, um, and then a lot of the DEXs are using things like data feeds because they need the the price feeds for different assets like Bitcoin or whatever. Um, uh, Let's see, BiFi, the world's first blockchain middleware. Yeah, I, I, they didn't have like Avalanche main chain on this list. They just have a bunch of little apps within it. So, so far as we can tell, Avalanche is not incorporated yet. Interesting. Um, and CCIP, has it? Is it on mainnet yet? Does somebody down here know if CCIP is actually on mainnet or not? Um, if someone has any. I don't need. think it is. I don't think it is either so a lot of these things that say CCIP I think they're on testnet portion and that and on testnet they may work for their protocol fine by the way by testnet it might be that it's like it's like in beta or something but it probably works otherwise why would they because it's showing is live on a lot of these so it's they're live but it's the testnet version of CCIP so they probably don't give any guarantees it's like a, a like this is our beta thing or something um, Chad Sports, uh, Transfero Group, he has a whole bunch of different um, avalanche protocols on here. Um let's see what else is in here. But anyway, the, the point is like, what's cool about all the different um, capabilities being added to Chainlink is that you're going to be able to basically create an entire dApp and do execution, and they'll probably add other things like data availability and stuff like this and then privacy cuz so i believe they're working on the privacy part and then you know then the question becomes like who is going to win this game are you going to go to a one stop shop where you can get data feeds vrf automation api uh, stuff ccip and various node stuff and i don't know what that fuck that is the point is there's like six different products essentially um you know six different sort of products that are being created and would you rather go to the place that has everything in one place or would you want to go to like i'm going to go to celestia for modular this and data availability and i'm going to go to noise protocol for verified randomness i'm going to go to like no you're not going to go to that shit the reality is it's like you just want the work to be done and the less hassle you have to get that to work that's what you're going to use like Associated Press is live using Data Provider Enterprise data feeds and nodes, so that's kind of the biggest news organization in the world or something, and they're using Chainlink.
1: Is there any benefit to Chainlink being a layer two on ETH anymore, or could it? Do you think it could be the same it's, thing? It's never been. Added, it's so. not. It's not a layer two on ETH. It's. It's just the coin
0: is. Uh, that's just the coin standard. Ah, uh, so it's not running on ethereum at all. This is like this is not it's just ethereum just uh, secures the value of the token basically. I gotcha. That's all that's all it is. Everything else is just um um yeah, so Binance ecosystem is using node Binance the node operator and a node in the Chainlink ecosystem. Um I'm just looking to see like who's connected to what. What brand names that you might recognize? Vodafone has signaled an intent to go with CCIP nodes and IQT. What the hell is IQT? Let me see what that means. Um, oh, IoT. I'm sorry, I just couldn't see. Internet of Things. So they're, mm, but no, oh, it's a category. No, Vodafone is an IoT category, but the integrations that from Chainlink are Node and CCIP. So that's that's the way Chainlink is doing it. They're like modularizing the different functions. CIP is just one of the more recent things to come out, but there'll be more things coming out like new automations and stuff. And if you're you're producing a protocol of some kind or a video game or whatever, you have all these resources at your disposal. Think about it like a, it's like a gigantic programming kit. Um, and we're used to things like CosmWasm and EVM. Whereas with Chainlink Bakes execution layers, theoretically, you could basically have any off chain computation connected, which means that you could use any programming language. You could be EVM, you could be whatever. Right. So it's interesting how it it allows a lot more flexible. um, Yeah, a lot more flexible um, like uh, creation of projects and computational things. I find it interesting that Sommelier, which is like, uh, is a Cosmos chain, integrated CCIP to unlock cross-chain yield vaults. I need to ask Zucky about this. I should interview him about what he's doing on Sommelier. I taught, last time I did an interview with him on Sommelier, it was like, I don't know, about a year ago. Sommelier is like a system that like trades ETH and some other shit in the background. And it they use sort of like a... Know whatever their little proprietary trading strategy is, and they try to make you money by sort of running algos in the background and letting you profit from them. But it seems like they incorporated Chainlink CCIP for like whatever it is that they're doing. Um, but Sommelier has been more about EVM, um, attracting EVM users as opposed to attracting Cosmos users, like even though Zucky's like a Cosmos fan, they made the choice that they were going to go with like coordinating with Ethereum because they wanted to have so it looks like sommelier has incorporated Arbitrum, base, Ethereum, and Optimism. And they're basically attracting that liquidity as opposed to Cosmos liquidity. Pretty interesting. You can buy some tokens on Osmosis, but like all the actual shit that they're trading on that platform is um ETH-based assets, essentially. They figured that's where the demand was and that's what they did. Pretty interesting, Um, but like to the point here, it's like it's it's they're using chain link. um, Capabilities in the background. And I'm looking at a lot of these games like RetroCraft. I don't know what the fuck that is, but like um, it uses again VRF, the verifiable randomness module pixel battle play and earn shooting game. So yeah, like the VRF module must be fairly inexpensive to implement because like every random game is seems to be using it. On this list, CryptoNate, <laughs> okay, um, Synergy AI, the AI toolkit for DeFi, it uses VRF. Mm, yeah, the list goes on and on. But where I'm where I'm picking these up, if you guys ever want to check this out, is The Chainlink ecosystem.com is a great little website. It just has a huge list of like um, protocols and what those chains and protocols are using in terms of Chainlink services. And you can sort of break it down by the various products that Chainlink has. And according to this, their products are like the the ones that you can incorporate into your blockchain. In other words, are let me see. Where's that list? I think I mentioned it earlier. Yeah, the products are data feeds, VRF, which is the random, verifiable randomness, automation, any API, CCIP, and node. These are the six sort of things that Chainlink does right now for you know, selling service to people. I don't know what any API does. Obviously, it's um, connecting to programming interfaces, but like... How do you use this? I'm not 100 percent sure. Mm. Synthetics uses any API. Sushi Swap uses it. Uh, Swift Banking is actually looking at data feed, CCIP, and any API. Let me look what, let me look up what it does. Chainlink, any API. So essentially some kind of programming interface thing. Uh, Okay, so Chainlink, any API documentation, connecting to any API with Chainlink enables your contracts to access any external data source through our decentralized Oracle network. We understand that making smart contracts compatible with off-chain data adds the complexity of building smart contracts, we need a framework with minimal requirements, yet unbounded flexibility, blah, blah, blah. So what does it say here as far as like, what type of things can you connect? Mmm, you can do HTTP get response requests. Um, let's let's see. Find existing jobs, API reference. Hmm. I can't quickly tell like what kind of APIs you can connect to, or can you just have it connect to any API of your choice? Smart contracts on any blockchain can connect to any API by integrating with Chainlink Oracles. Okay, there you go. So pretty much any API. So what's an API? It's like um think about uh, your tax software or think about your like Coinly or something. You've if you've used Coinly, you've connected the API of let's say Binance or Mexi or Coinbase, right? You get the API key from that particular site you're able to use this programming interface, you're able to sort of connect two things and have data feeds move back and forth. So that would be the idea is like you could connect, you know, you could create like a a software that does API calls off of any particular um, cloud software or other platforms that you'd like. Existing chain link job specs, let's see here. Chainlink has all sorts of complicated like fucking graphics and shit. You're like trying to wrap your head around what the hell this shit does. External adapters. Um, External adapters open Chainlink requests to perform unique new actions such as connecting a Tesla to a smart contract or authenticating your Reddit account in a smart contract. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, basically any website, any service provider that has an API um, you can connect to that and like have data go back and forth, basically, is how this works. Mm, API Chainlink to bring trusted data onto leading blockchains. So what does that mean? Um, Associated Press will make its trusted economic sports and race call data sets available to leading blockchains via Chainlink, the world's largest decentralized network of oracles, enabling smart contracts on any blockchain to securely interact with API's real-world data. By launching a chainlink node, which securely connects blockchain environments with external data, Associated Press data will be supplied and sold directly to applications running across various blockchains. They'll be cryptographically signed to verify it's from Associated Press. So basically, this means like, let's say you have a sports betting platform on your DAP or your blockchain. You need to have verified scores or verified stats of players and shit like that coming in, right? So this is the kind of stuff, and then Associated Press will basically um, guarantee that that data is real, and you know that way your your betting platform or whatever will work without worrying that this is going to be like spoofed data or some shit. Um, same thing with the randomness; like you need to make sure that that randomness is true randomness and not um, subject to manipulation. Um, let's see if there's any other comments on this thing. Mm. connect apis to your smart contracts using chain link dynamic nft is a non-fungible token blah 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 let me see hold on uh, it's even cooler so you can do kind of interesting stuff where like your um nfts like images and like accessories on the nft for example could be affected by randomness so for example if you're if you have a nft mint for example and you know your little monkey pick has glasses or a hat or whatever and you want to have that randomized and then the nft gets finally minted then you could do things like that with with randomness um let's see update links ipfs yeah so I don't know. there's different websites like Alchemy and whatnot that go through like how to do this and create a like things like dynamic NFTs that reflect real-world price feed data with cryptographically proven tamper-resistant randomness, deciding dynamic NFT images. So that's wild, right? So you can have an NFT created using real-world data somehow, um, like weather data or you know, sports data or whatever else.
2: Let's see
0: here. Yep, a lot of cool stuff. So I think like plenty of reasons to sort of look at um, Chainlink as sort of like a sort of big computational layer, not just for oracles, not just for real assets or um, anything else. And then like backing all of this, ultimately, I believe is going to be some function where the Chainlink become sort of universal gas tokens. Let me pull up what that means. So chain link, universal gas. So I've seen this like mantra about it being universal gas token. I'm just curious, like, you know, to what level? So here we go. Um, what does that mean? Um, here's an article from Daily HODL. From the November thirteenth, twenty twenty three link to be Universal gas token. Sergey Navrov explains potential for rapid chain link adoption. Um, Navrov says link could be the future universal gas token for the digital asset ecosystem. Um, he explores the payment abstraction layer of Chainlink's tech stack, which aims to minimize the complexity for paying for its services while allowing Oracle networks to get paid in link. So basically, what this means is like you're using your sole tokens. Your Solana tokens, or you're using your Atom or whatever, and your um, so your blockchain you're used to using the native tokens of your blockchain. You don't want to figure out how to pay in Link, right? Your protocol wants to pay in the its own tokens. In the background, what Chainlink will do is it'll say, okay, this person's paying in Solana. Solana's price right now is eighty four dollars and seventeen cents. How does it know? Because it's fucking chain link. it's an Oracle system, it knows what the price is, right? So it has tons of price feeds, and it knows the exact spot price of Solana. So it can give you a perfect trade-off between your Solana token, and depending on what the price of, let's say, the cost of an Oracle, the, the, the node service or Oracle service that you're trying to access, data feed, whatever it is, that fee is, let's say, I don't know, one USDC um what will happen in the background is is your Solana will be converted um and that person can be paid in usdc or in link or whatever and if the node operators in the ecosystem all run on link then that means that it'll convert to link in the background and the, the end user the protocol does not need to know how the link token works they don't need to know fucking anything once you're a ccip chain your coin and link are interchangeable instantly without a dex and that's another magical property of ccip think about like if you've used osmosis and how all of the tokens in osmosis are paired with osmo tokens um so osmo becomes kind of like the liquidity pairing for all the different coins so you don't have to have a different you don't have to have pairs for everything so for example if you go to a normal dex you'll have like the eth btc pair you'll have the btc usd pair you'll have the atom eth pair and whatever else when you go to osmosis what's different is is like that's a dex where everything's paired with the osmo token and so like if you want to do a transfer from Atom to btc you'd go adam to osmo to btc and this like that's the sort of chain you go through for everything and that ensures that there's sufficient liquidity for every possible coin using the osmo token with CCIP with Chainlink it's a similar concept but with LINK in the background and in this case you actually don't need um you don't need a gigantic amount of parked liquidity in the CCIP system because there's any amount of LINK that, that's necessary like in billions of market cap and you know you can go transfer between them without a full on dex because you know you're going to get proper prices because oracles uh, that the Chainlink Oracle is going to give you the proper price data. You don't have to have like a traditional AMM the way you have it on a blockchain now. Um, so you, you, you'll you always get the correct price because you have Chainlink connected directly. And so in the background, like you're using your Solana tokens, you're buying ETH. But in the background, like the services that are underlying all this shit are being paid in link and your your coins, your fees are being paid out by being converted to link at the market price. And paid out. So that's that's really interesting because unlike other utility tokens like render or Akash or some other shit, when the price of the token goes up, you get more value. And when the price of the token goes down, you, you can buy less services. With an Oracle services service baked in, you can have a stable coin price for what the costs, but you wind up paying it in link at the market value. So if, if the node operator needs $2 per transaction, then and you have um at the time, link is worth $4 um then it's gonna ch- detect that and it's only gonna sell two of your link to pay for the you know pay for the um the 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 particular fee whereas if you because it has because it has an Oracle service it it knows the spot price of link at any given moment it knows the spot price of your coin or whatever your coins are at any given moment. If and the reason it knows all this is because your coin, let's say Solana, has already been integrated with CCIP, that mm-hmm. means that the system in the background already is watching the Oracle oracle price of both coins and allows you to swap them at the market rate without an extra dex. That's pretty powerful shit. It's kind of bearish for dexes though. So if like CCIP and Chainlink end up um, working as expected, then dexes won't be nearly as useful in the future. You won't need them.
1: That kind of destroys the uh, the Thor chain narrative, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. See, that's, that's what I was thinking about. Like the short Thor chain though, it thrives in the fact that like it's connecting um, like a lot of high liquidity UTXO tokens, sort of Bitcoin and things of that nature. Um, it does reduce ThorChain's narrative somewhat, though. If CCIP works as intended, there will be less and less reasons to use all other DEXs at some level, right? So it's this is like this base layer protocol is truly like, a winner-take-all thing. Um, ICP with Cosmos, I'm sorry, Um, Cosmos was working on it to some extent with IBC, although I think it's not as ambitious as Chainlink's version. I think Chainlink's version is, like, IBC squared. Like, it could be a lot better. I don't know the nuances, the tech nuances. I don't want to, like, overplay this, but it's quite possible that with all of these different features being baked into this system, that, yeah, you, like, DEXs, so here's the thing, Drew, it's like, if the DEX has become less interesting, um, what makes you think layer ones in general are going to be very interesting at that point? So it's like you have this. So, so this is what's really, really bullish about Chainlink. If it goes the way that Navarro thinks it'll go, it connects everything at such a magnitude. How many people here are, are using the non-TCIP-based internet? tcp ibs internet, like Absolutely. you and I could connect no. your, our computers together <laughs> using an Ethernet cable, right? We don't have yeah. to go on the, the broad internet. But how many people do that? Almost nobody.
1: No, and no, it's it's an it's ninety nine point nine 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 percent TCP/IP. So yeah,
0: now to the extent that even if you and me are in the same fucking room, we'll connect to the internet and then connect to each other. We don't even bother connecting our computers direct. Right. Like that's how that's how pervasive that became. And if all of these protocols and um, ecosystems and perps protocols, whatever, if they incorporate CCIP, like, you know, that'd be like building a Blu-ray player without a fucking uh, HDMI port on it. Like, what are you doing? Like, wh- what were you planning to connect to a TV with? Exactly. So it's a very it's a very much a winner take all thing. Like if Chainlink gets its way, get everyone's fucking stuck with Chainlink for better or for worse.
1: I mean, if, like, if that know. isn't if that isn't a case for a, a multi-trillion-dollar market cap, then then I don't know what is. So exactly. That's that's you know. why the that's why the people that like look at this shit, they're like, "Oh, Chainlink's going to a 1000 I'm telling you, that that's those people. I, yeah, I mean, I just don't see how it how it could in, in this in this run. But I, I mean, when you when you talk about those things, it's got to happen at some point. Well, the arguments like this d- run, if, if, the
0: arguments that DTCC like moves trillions of dollars at a time. Swift use, moves like yeah. $5 trillion yeah. a day. Again. And then, like, people may start making the arguments, well, if only a
1: fraction of that comes to our thing, you know, you know. The I mean, is it is matters. it possible that we only go up to, like, $100 in this bull run? And then in 2029, um, it just explodes for, like, you know, $1,400 a link at a what market cap would that be? Yeah, trillion, uh, almost a trillion dollar market cap, an eight hundred billion dollar market cap. I mean, that wouldn't follow um, the price action that we've seen on ev- like every single project, right? Where it's where it's diminishing returns.
2: You know, right.
1: I, I'm, I'm just I'm, trying to balance that out in my head. You know, from a, a purely like speculative you know, like chart view and, and 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 it's actual like real Yes, yeah, is is this the is this the apple of blockchain is
0: the right. question you're really ultimately yeah, asking
1: that's exactly and, right
0: you know is is it that level of like deep integration where everyone wants to have their dApps and everything connected to it right like at this point like if you're building a any sort of ecosystem your uber or whoever you're basically trapped with creating an app for Maybe Microsoft, Google, Apple, and maybe some Linux thing, right? Like how many different places are you going to put apps? Um, same thing is true here. Like how many different cross-chain protocols do you really expect protocols and dApps to implement? Like, like one, maybe two, right? You know, so you're EVM compatible. Maybe you're, you're um, I don't know, like uh, TC, you're, you're um, IBC compatible and maybe you're CCIP compatible, and that's about it. Not to mention the more of these you have the more you have like you know fucked up assets flooding all over the place
1: that like get fragmented right Yeah no kidding Yeah it's definitely going to be a, a like a, a consolidation of uh, really all all blockchain activity I'm not sure I I like that in you know in theory though um, I don't know
0: that's the thing, like, there, to some extent, like, the cypherpunk is tr- is in your saying, basically, like, yes, I don't really want all that shit, and <laughs> I'd rather exactly. have my little circle of friends, and, like, you know, we have our little, you know, <laughs> like, we have our little token that goes up, and we have a good time. Um, like, you know, at some level, it's like, you know, do you really want all the normies involved, and do you want all these people? So the people say mass adoption, but they don't really mean it. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they like the idea that like people are going to come to buy their bags and they're the OGs that start out in the very beginning. It's almost like if you're, yeah, the, first it, of, like you're the first fans of validation, it's like you're the first fans of, yeah, exactly. You're the first fans of Taylor Swift or some shit. And the, and she goes kind
1: of wild and like, Oh, I was there at the beginning. I was an OG, you know, that kind of feel. Um, yeah. It's funny. I was <laughs> telling my friend this, the same thing about a meme channel on Instagram earlier today. I've been following it since 10,000. It's got 1.4 million. <laughs> See, that's, yeah, that's congratulations! Exactly it is. Yeah, yeah, congratulations! You've earned nothing but a little bit of validation, little little dopamine uh, rush. So, yeah,
2: but
1: I guess it is the logical end, right? I mean, you know, if this if this is the future, and everyone's saying it is, right? Larry Fink and Jamie Dimon, even you know that douchebag. That that is the logical end, right? Where everything will consolidate into the the most useful and and. and uh. Uh, hold up, Jazz. Were you trying to say something? Uh, yeah, can you hear me?
2: Yeah, yeah. Your mic's on okay. Cool. Mic. Long time no talk. Uh, nice to uh, nice to see all again. Yeah. So I I actually I've actually like thought about this point a lot, and it's one that uh, I think other, other other folks have made points around, but. Like, basically, the reason I can see the, the, Drew, I think you had an interesting point there about the price action to where it's like, hey, maybe does this bull run, does link go to like 90 bucks and then the next one go to like 1500 bucks like that? Is that even the realm of possibility? And I would say yes. And for like the main reason that link is not a token for retail, like it's 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 basically the antithesis of a retail token just because like. Uh, quite literally the like what they're doing is too giga brain for anyone to like just look at it and like understand it. So what's i like this is what my opinion what's going to happen is once the switch is actually flipped from like a cash flow standpoint um basically that's when lots and lots of like um you know finance you know finance asset managers you know, institutional type oriented people will try to get in on the token for the staking returns. Like, so, and and, and so basically, like, when I, it, it, my time horizon on that switch actually being flipped, so, Sefi, to your point, like, when the DTC starts processing, DCCC starts processing tons of transactions through there and banks and, like, all these asset managers, like, from a tokenization standpoint, like, Basically, whenever all that starts to happen, that's when I think that the token's really gonna moon in price. Because again, I I don't think I fundamentally it's really a token for retail. I think it's those looking for like a claim on the digital asset real estate landscape. Like I think that's literally what link represents. And so I could see a scenario again where it's like. Hey, maybe that switch isn't flipped realistically for another three, four years, maybe it moves quicker than that. Maybe not. But you know, once that point hits and, and there's actual utility and if this undergirds like the next iteration of the internet. Yeah. I mean, I think we see a thousand dollar link at that point or $1,200 link or whatever. So that's, that's, that's uh, my thesis around it. Yeah. Another thing too, is like
0: to, to Drew's concern, like, wow, or like, you know, does it lose its freshness at some point? Is it like do, does it become you're like fighting the man, but then that you know, that becomes the man, so to speak, like like it becomes the new sort of norm or the new institution. That's possible, but at the same time, like we're all playing on the internet, like you know, like how you it's know true. how rebellious I mean, fucking are it, we? It's not it, like we're it, living it runs it's not through like living off the right? grid. We're not it's mm-hmm. not like we're living off the grid <laughs> killing deer and shit and surviving. I mean the reality That's is. sometimes. Little, little We're all thing. in the matrix already, in a sense. Yeah, and,
2: yeah. You know, no, I mean, it's sure. So. And, and the flips again. The flip side is that while yes, link price action may be unsexy for a little while, and it's I, I personally don't think it's going to outperform much this coming bull. The thing is, I, I don't want to try to gamble and like do a whole bunch of like fancy swing trades and stuff. That's just not my style. What I would rather do is I, I want to wait for the market to come to me. And again, you're, you're the thing. We talk about narratives a lot, right? Like everything that pumps has some kind of like speculative narrative around it. Chainlink, when it when that switch is flipped, it's not going to need that. that, and that's the whole point, right? Once those returns and that the, the 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 framework is there and the structure is there to where the token accrues value, regardless of it, how anyone feels about it or whatever narrative is floating around, that's when that's when you're going to see the price really. I think explode and, you know, and it's going to be tied to actual something you can map on, on paper from a return standpoint. So yeah, to to your, mm -hmm. sorry, man, to your point, the, the claim on, on
1: future real estate of of the financial landscape, I think that's exactly what it is. So, I mean, the, the big players, the the majority holders are going to have a say in how, Decisions are made on that network in the future, and that's exactly what they're purchasing with Chainlink. So, sorry, Sefi.
0: One of the things like with crypto, though, is remember that, that one of the reasons why it's important for number to go up as far as price is because it, it generates attention. And when people feel like, oh, this is becoming the next big thing, then developers start saying, oh, wait a minute, we should be paying attention to that. So it's like a weird situation with crypto it's a little bit different than so like for example with apple or something the more iphones that get used the more they sell the more revenue they generate and the price goes up and p p to e ratios start to fall and the price goes up again yeah. right whereas in crypto it's a little bit different in that um the the product to some degree is the token and when number goes up that validates people and they think oh this is a great thing and then developers and everybody else is like oh this isn't going to zero the price validates its worthiness to some extent like what does the market price this as and for the developer side of it like they're not in it to speculate to buy the bottom and like you know sell the top they're saying to themselves okay wait does the market like price validity into this chain link thing that's one thing and two because they, like, who wants to build for a fucking ecosystem that goes to zero at some point that's the problem like if you look back in tech history like you know the people that were starting to build things for Nokia mm-hmm. right like well like whoops wrong platform or like whatever right like or who are building things for you know ColecoVision or some shit some you know whatever game platforms that just disappeared into oblivion yeah. you, you as a developer choosing the wrong platform makes or breaks your ass right it totally makes or breaks entire companies like that, literally go to zero if you chose the wrong one, and you chose the losing like one. So it's interesting how like the de- development, like you know, in any given layer one ecosystem, like those folks that are spending a year or two or three building out some DeFi protocol or whatever, they're really nervous that like people aren't going to show up three years later. And I think with Chainlink, if you build, they're building a large enough, wide enough net and they bring in enough folks at once, and the price goes up, which again, adds like mental validity to the whole thing, then then it's like, okay, every other developer is gonna say, hey, we need to be in that ecosystem, right? We need to incorporate CCIP and all that. So it's like you get a FOMO for for the platform that's about to take off. Like you don't wanna miss being, if you're a developer, you wanna be early on the next Apple.
2: And, I, and let, you know, and you want to you want to grow with that. In a sense, and what right? you're saying is that going concern is almost always the biggest consideration when it comes to any crypto protocol, right? Which I you know I, I totally agree with. Right? It's like it. it, it I, I think I think we, and you. I think you've made this point before, Stefy. But if you look at pretty much every single protocol out there, Chainlink arguably has has the best. Um, path to a sustainable future right i i i think based upon the mm-hmm. development they're doing the partnerships they've made the um, how sticky they've made themselves uh, in existing defi infrastructure let alone infrastructure through TradFi that's yet to come and all that um and so again from my perspective i i it's you know I can wait. There's I can wait on a speculative premium, right? There, I, I don't think there's hardly any speculative premium built into the price right now. But when it does come, I think it's going to come huge. And I, from a pure technical perspective, Chainlink isn't going anywhere. You know, they they're, they've 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 taken the time to build a foundation that is, you know, the, the network effects and all that. That that's going to be around for. Um, you know, as as far as we can see into the future, as, as long as blockchain tech stays relevant, you know, so. The other thing, too, is like, it's always hard to know, like,
0: who's going to be their their competitor and yep. when as sure. well. That's always, a, because anything that gets big enough and there's enough liquidity in an argument can be made that like, I don't know, Amazon could create something similar or who, whoever, at least like these guys have somewhat of a head start. We don't know what what projects maybe some of the giga corporations are sort of running in the background that might be theoretical that's true and it's like chain links
2: open source right so it's like to your point perhaps all that would be necessary is for like a a google or an amazon just to throw a fuck ton of money at it and then maybe they can Mm -hmm. you know somewhat copy again i i think I'm not Given sure. some of I'm not Game sure. league's partnerships and some of the relationships they've built, which is very hard to put a price tag on, I I, I don't necessarily see that as a huge risk, but and and but it is possible. And at least on the call it crypto native side of things, I I I, I don't I, I don't see that happening just because and, and and at this at the same time with it being a
0: bit of a bit more of a dark horse, it's like a small player. It it probably won't scare people. Right? Imagine like. Microsoft wanting to you like be the back, back end for Swift. People be like, wait a minute, what the fuck? Yep. Right? They're gonna be like even regulators and stuff like that's wait true. a minute, these guys have a big enough monopoly as it is. So it's almost good that they're small. Yeah. Relative to like the, the giants in this in, in tech, yep. right? So maybe that's a plus. Yep. I don't know. Yep. Like, you know, because they're not like already world leading companies. So it's like there's um you know, people don't know them in, in, in like the global thing. <laughs> So they're less afraid, maybe. Right?
1: Know. Yeah, I'd argue that down the road that could be kind of a hamstring, though, because I mean, it's not like they're sufficiently decentralized.
2: Well, yeah. see that that yeah. it's interesting you mention that because that was actually going to be my very next point in terms of being mm-hmm. defensively defensively neutral or we verify neutral, whatever you want to call it. That a lot of people mm-hmm. think of Chainlink as like this big monolithic company, but in reality, there they there are over a thousand um decentralized node or you know node operators that they have yeah.
0: and any and anybody can set up their own set of nodes i guess right
2: so it's not yeah,
0: it, it's not like you have to have permission it's not per- getting into the ecosystem by producing nodes i don't think that's a permission
2: it, so it's interesting cuz running an oracle node is it, it's it's there is obviously like more complexity to it than just like spinning up like an f node or validator or whatever right there cuz in terms of the data you have to provide and stuff, there, there, it's a bit of a higher standard. It's almost like you're running... Chainley got us use this analogy, but it's almost like you're kind of like an independent contractor in some ways. So I, I know that in terms of getting into it, sometimes, or if not a lot of the time, Chainley Labs will like help people spin up. But to your point, no, it's you don't have to like. Sign a business agreement with Chainlink Labs. They will support people in spinning up nodes, but independent operators can spin up nodes. And like I said, that's there are over a thousand now, and that number is only going to continue to grow. And that that's another moat. I think that's going to be become pretty defensible because even if someone like Amazon or Google, you know, throws a bunch of money at it, by the time you know Chainlink scales to thousands and thousands of nodes, that's going to be pretty 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 credibly decentralized. Because
0: so, so for example, take Swift, for example, they may not want to be on public nodes run by whoever the fuck they might want to run their own nodes and they're going to, they're going to provide like their data into that ecosystem. Those nodes then pull that into CCIP and then off your go, you go with like the ability to do like maybe fiat transfers or something into CCIP somehow or something like that. So you wind up with like these systems that don't have to be fully, you don't give up your sovereignty as a corporation entirely to yep. Chainlink. That's not what's That's true. Out. Exactly. And that's, that's a bit different, like, uh, similar to how, like, like, you could run, say, for example, your computing architecture for your corporation, you can run them on AWS, you, but then you feel like, oh, fuck, these guys are too expensive. You can always move to Amazon Azure or, or like, Microsoft Azure or somebody else, right? So, to some extent, like, um, I, I think, like... To my understanding, Chainlinks allows you to perver- preserve that. Um, like you're using that protocol, but you, you have your autonomy as a corporation. Yep. Be not, it wouldn't be that different from like if you're building Apple TV and it connects with an HDMI cable, um, the people that produce the HDMI cable don't give a fuck what you build on your Apple right. TV. You could put, put video games on there. You could, it, all they're doing is providing a way for you to connect to your television yep. set similarly like chain link could be construed as something like yep. that yeah and then it's like once you've built that out like okay how does that then tra- and if you're actually set up in such a way that's fairly neutral that anyone can do this any corporation can do this then they don't feel like you know then they feel like they're just getting into almost like well it's like picking a programming language for your dap it's it has nothing to do with like you losing sovereignty and therefore like giving up power to somebody yep. Uh, which, can be, which can be a problem. That, um, that's,
2: a, that's a great point. And that was a big focus of the most recent SmartCon, and I'm sure, you know, events to come from them, which is like they're building out these uh, interfaces and marketplaces and such to where not only, you know, um, will I be able to like shop around for nodes that meet my exact requirements based upon the services that I'm trying to obtain and the security I want to guarantee, based upon the the amount of link staked or collateral staked with that particular node node operator, but I'll also be able to spin up my own nodes. So to your point, Sevvy, it's like okay, if I, like, I'm a giant institution and I have folks with the technical wherewithal to you know spin up nodes that meet my service requirements, I I I think you could feasibly spin those up, select those as the ones you want to use, and then you know keep it somewhat. Um, in-house if that was really a desire and, and, you know, retain some sovereignty over it, but still use the infrastructure that everyone else is using, right? If this thing becomes ubiquitous, it's it's going to, like, y'all were, the point y'all were making earlier, where it's like, it'll be like choosing not to use TCPIP, you know, no one's going to do, not going to do that, so.
0: Yeah, it's like, and, and I, so th- I think Chainlink has built a system uh, and a strategy that's like played out over a number of yep. years and it's not that easy to replicate it quickly, I would think, although they have sort of like if it's open source, they have sort of laid out the the groundwork pretty quickly. But um, at the same time, like the system as it stands, um, people sort of trust the link token to some extent, and it's got a certain market cap. So there's like a secured value mm-hmm. there. and um, for someone to come and like copy that c c i p basically uses link as a universal gas token. if you were to copy it, were you going to have another token as a universal gas token? who's gonna be using that token now so the so network effect of the original token is important for people to trust that in the background i mm-hmm. think and some other tokens like uh eth and whatnot may not be. What you'd want to use in a system like this for various reasons. I don't know. Maybe it's like fees or whatever other problems it, it has. So yeah, a lot of interesting takes here. But have, have you seen any particular incorporations that like you think are likely to happen? Like, have you seen like between Swift and this like DTCC thing, have you seen either of those like any alpha as far as like how much they're implementing? What kind of time scales they're looking at? Is one of these likely to happen, or what? You know,
2: I mean, it probably not any more than you guys in terms of like timeframe, right? I, I again, link is like a realistically a or have you seen, 30- you seen anything? Well, or heard anything? At the, the stuff, stuff that the, I'm, I'm the stuff that's interesting to me, and th- this is the kind of stuff I've I've linked to, linked <laughs> uh, to to different friends, um, is is stuff around asset tokenization. Now obviously that's like a buzzword, but a lot of people don't understand number 1 what it is, number 2 the demand that exists for it, right? And in so like different, you know, uh, big four firms have done surveys, like EY did a survey this past summer, other big asset managers and uh, you know, f- you know, finance firms basically have done surveys of Um, you know, like I said, fund managers, high net worth individuals, et cetera, et cetera, on the demand for tokenized assets. And it's, it's, it's definitely a growing trend. And so, you know, no no part of those kind of articles actually mention Chainlink by name, but you start to put two and two together and you see kind of where the road, you know, the roads are converging. Um, And, and, you know, so that, that's, that's the kind of stuff I've been in tune with. And, Again, some a lot of this stuff is stuff, especially when you're dealing with big institutions. It just takes time, and so I I think that people, especially in crypto, uh, are. I mean, it's just such people get such microwave mentalities, and half the people that are here don't even believe it has like a legit long term future anyway, right? So it's it's funny to me that obviously Chainlink has kind of a big market cap, but outside of that, from like a thesis standpoint, it, it still feels like we're pretty contrarian in a lot of ways relative to how the industry as a whole has played out to date. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's enough. There it, there's stuff like, I think some maybe some of the stuff that outside of finance that some people don't maybe don't appreciate is stuff like, you know, they just integrated with Vodafone for, um, or, you know, proof of concepts going on around there for like internet of things type stuff. Um, I believe. Yeah, uh, I mentioned that. Uh, some supply. Ch- I believe they do some supply chain type stuff. I too. did. I did share. I did
0: share um, the SmartCon 2022 video up top here, um, and that's on YouTube. And that's with uh, Soleil, who's a director of Swift Strategy, director at Swift, Sergey Navrov, Stephen Prosperi with DTCC, and Victor O'Loughlin with BNY Mellon. So these are all people at SmartCon, yep. so they're not really fucking around and the um there's an article here on dtc's website from september 21st so fairly recent by prosperi who's their executive executive director of innovation strategy and digital assets so they have an entire sector for this fucking yep. thing like a section for digital assets and What they're saying here is, let's see, it is increasing. This is on DTC's website, by the way, by the actual director. This is, let me just read it out because it's interesting. Increasingly clear that blockchain tech is here to stay with 97% of institutional investors anticipating tokenization will evolve asset management processes and $100 trillion worth of assets in the U.S. that could someday move on chain. 90% of institutional investors, I don't know what the source bro is on that one, but that number sounds kind of interesting. Um, Rather than embarking on a wholesale rebuild of existing capital markets infrastructure, financial institutions are increasingly collaborating to innovate Web3 tech platforms like Chainlink to explore how capabilities can embedded into their existing systems where possible to accelerate world impact on blockchain tech. Okay, a lot of words to say, a lot of nothing that we didn't already (laughs) know. Exploration of the space started with our collaborative work with Chainlink as part of Swift's interoperability project. So DTCC and Swift and this are all one collaboration. It's not two separate things. That's super interesting. So the premier financial market infrastructure provider, DTCC, automates and standardizes the processing of financial transaction, mitigating risk, increasing transparency, Enhancing performance and driving efficiency for thousands of broker dealers, custodian banks, and asset managers around the world. One of the cornerstones of success for, the, for DTCC and other major financial market infrastructure providers or FMIs like SWIFT has been the establishment of industry standards that allow for multiple multitude of financial institutions operating on disparate systems in different jurisdictions to conduct business, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So interconnectivity, whatever. So SWIFT, of course, transfers tons of uh, money. And uh, DTCC settles tons of like stocks and bonds and shit. Yep. Um, so what they're saying here is, okay, Chainlink CCIP was used in the backend by SWIFT to facilitate secure cross-chain messaging and token transfers while DTCC served as a token issuer and central securities depository or CSD. More specifically, DTCC minted and issued bond tokens compatible with Chainlink CCIP and distributed them to SWIFT's designated test wallets, explore the swift interoperability project in more detail in the new report connecting blockchains, overcoming fragmentation and tokenized assets. So what they what he means by that is, okay, so by being a CSD or a central securities depository, what DC, DTCC basically does is, so let's say you have Apple and it's, just, it's on the stock market. And there's like, let's say a thousand shares of Apple available. Or well, let's let's say a million. Just make it sound right. Um, so you have a million shares of Apple available in total. Uh, Ten of them go to Fidelity. Fifty of them go to BlackRock. Twenty of them go to Charles Schwab or whoever else. And someone's got to keep track of where these things are. Um, you know, like where they finally settle. Like who owns them finally. And there's a lot of detail that goes into like making sure there's not duplicates of the same stock because you can't have a, two digital copies of the same Apple stock on two different brokerages. Right. So token fragmentation is this idea that like you want to prevent you, you can't just simply um, create like a token that emerges on. Um, well, here's a, here's a way to describe fragmentation. So if you look at Circle and what Tether have done, what have they done? They've issued Circle coins on uh, Ethereum. They've issued Circle coins on in Cosmos. They've issued Circle coins on Avalanche or whatever. So Circle has gone out of their way to actually produce and distribute coins on each of those different type of ledger networks with each of their different type of programming languages. And then they finally said, this is bullshit. And Circle themselves made their own protocol called CC something something. It's another four letter acronym. And that um, allows you, if you're a chain and you incorporate that protocol, you can easily port um, Circle into your, into your chain without having to have any proprietary shit that Circle has to do to sort of set your chain up. Does that make sense? So it creates kind of an, um, an easy way to incorporate Circle. With CCIP, with Chainlink, the difference here is, is that like you wouldn't need that circle protocol anymore because like, as opposed to a protocol that only Circle uses and the only purpose of your chain implementing is to bring USDC in, the difference here is with CCIP, you can bring in anything that incorporates a CCIP. And the benefit here is if DTCC is working with Chainlink specifically, and they're the primary companies being used to issue and set up digital you know uh stocks so you take stocks and you tokenize them like dtcc probably doesn't want to work with a hundred companies to fucking do this because you need they're already a they're already a central securities depository but now they don't want to have to deal with like a dozen separate companies that then then deal with a dozen you know millions of separate other um like you know, uh, uh, crypto projects, because crypto gets fragmented very quickly, liquidity fragments across mm-hmm. chains, you'll have your Apple stock flowing from, um, you know, you'll have a copy of Apple stock sitting on Ethereum, and then that stock, you know, someone wants to move it to Avalanche, but now they have to what bridge it somehow, who the fuck's going to bridge it, you're going to send it back to DCCC, DTCC, and they're going to bridge it and send it back to the, the whole thing is a fucking mess. So what you have to do is you have to have an interoperability layer to be able to quickly move from one chain to the other that's chain agnostic that doesn't require specialized programming for each chain so by so dtcc is kind of like a transfer language and it allows like dtcc to know exactly where that coin is at any given moment so that token for let's say apple stock okay we know that like you know uh, of all of the apple stock we issued in a tokenized manner 75% of that's currently on ethereum 20% is on Avalanche, 2% is on, you know, the Cosmos Neutron or some shit. The point is they have a immediate way to scan and see where all of their coins are because CCIP keeps track of all that shit. That's, that's the interesting thing about this. So yeah. to tokenize assets, make them highly liquid across all these chains, you got to have a point of control somewhere. Yep.
2: And then for, you know, some of the big banks you know, the Citibank's, the JP Morgan's of the world, which as much as Jamie Dimon has shit-talked Bitcoin, I guess, specifically, he had, you know, JP Morgan has a huge digital asset division as well. It's like they're, um, you know, they're going to be... He seems to be a fan of the organization of assets as well. Yeah. And um,
0: based on his his comments. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's true. Um, But, you know... They're obviously going to be interested in the the interoperability stuff as well, especially since a lot of them, at least to start and maybe maybe forever, who knows, will be, uh, you know, originating on their own private chain and that sort of thing. But in addition to that, you know, another important aspect for these big firms, big companies is reducing trust assumptions. Right. And so, um, you know, if if they're going to be trusting Chainlink for like the interoperability layer, for instance, it just makes sense to be using them for or for price feed services and a proof of reserve services and other Oracle services, right? It's like the because of the fact that Chainlink is building this kind of vertically integrated stack of services. You know, they it's not like these companies; they're not because to your point, they're not going to want to say, okay, well, yeah, we'll use Chainlink for interoperability, but then. You know, maybe we'll use like Pith for price feed and like this other, you know, band for whatever. Right. It's like you have all these like, I think ultimately going to be relatively small time players. Yes. Yes. Well, they provide remember,
0: to make, to make this shit useful, you have to have both the interoperability layer and the that's exactly because right. Because at any given moment, you need to you might need to know the actual global value of that particular Type stock. Percent across all the different exchanges and whatever right and it, and that and those price speeds travel at the speed of you know of speed of electricity essentially across all these networks yep. and you need those to on tap to be able to be within ccip trade your apple stock for ibm yep. stock
2: or when you whenever so there's more like more complex th- smart contract type stuff like automation triggers event <laughs> triggers or whatever but yeah i mean they they're that like all of that stuff you know, if you're to source that from five or six different providers, you're talking about introducing huge trust assumptions. So that's like, that's like another big appeal, I think, ultimately of, of what Chainlink's building.
0: So the way they describe like the drawing that they have here with um, like that connects all this is financial institutions uh, use the Swift software development kit SDK. They have their signed uh, blockchain message that would go to Swift You have like transaction status updates between the various financial institutions and SWIFT and then from SWIFT you'd have a signed blockchain message and metadata go to the Chainlink CCIP transaction status updates come back to SWIFT Um, blockchain transactions head out to the source blockchain, which would be like an Ethereum or whatever, and then um, you have. Uh, ccip routers um going back and forth and doing you know sending blockchain events and things back to the chain link ccip system to sort of like clarify what has happened so for example if you have apple stock and it's sitting on um i don't know let me make up uh like it's it's sitting on um um you know kujira network so what's going to happen there is your Apple stock is going to have several features related to that. Like it's going to have, for example, voting associated with it. You might have to vote based on your share of Apple stock when it comes to proxy votes, right? And you're going to have dividends have to be distributed. So like, you know, every quarter Apple distributes dividends. How the fuck are you going to get that money now, right? So that's got to show up somewhere. And the ability for the CCIP system to connect back to DC... DTCC and then issue your dividend with whatever, you know, is that come come in the form of USDC? Does it come in the form of a CBDC dollar? I don't know what, but the point is, you're going to need to get those dividends paid to you. How does that happen? Then you have syncing of multiple ledgers of record, meaning you you can't have like one set of information on Ethereum and another set of information on Avalanche, just like all the other brokerages in the world your basic your blockchains basically become like brokerages or your dApps at least on them and all the price data that comes from that so price discovery is happening in these blockchains now for apple stock that data has to go back to all the other systems so that settlement can happen and that like the global price of apple stock is similar no matter whether you're on fidelity whether you're on um all these different exchanges so So price data feeds is how this information transfers all over the place, and then you ultimately um, know what the price of that stock is everywhere, so that you don't have like Apple stock worth forty dollars on Ethereum and it's worth a hundred dollars on on in Cosmos or something. Um, And then I think there's another point they make: distributing fund performance data. So yeah, if you have like ETFs or something and that data about how that stock or that that asset is doing, how do you get that data right? And you'd like to be able to know that data that way you can use it on chain. So all these different mm-hmm. industry, pro- they, they talk about four major industry processes, distributing fund performance, syncing multiple ledgers of record, capturing proxy votes and dividend distribution are the four industry processes that all of this is designed to streamline pretty much. And and I think like there is a concept that these th- this needs to be streamlined. And there's a concept that there's a lot of monetary value to be unlocked and people want to trade yeah. things. And um, the ability to do interesting trades, like I wanna trade my Apple stock for Ethereum, or I wanna trade my, you know, or or bot trade those things. There's all sorts of uh, people that wanna sort of like move assets between different things, but they can't right now. Or they wanna take, you know, the real world asset ideas. Oh, like, you know, I can get a 5% of my house value in the token form. maybe not all of it, but I can get a small fraction and someone's willing to use that allow me to use that as collateral somehow. And, um, and uh, you know, as a result, I can now borrow off and buy Apple stock or something. Whereas right, cause like to some extent, like real estate in US at least, a person's house is um, in many instances their biggest asset. Yeah. Uh, and therefore like their ability to unlock some value from that without having to get like, a, you know, go through a complex process of just to get that capital freed up. Um, is a problem for a lot of people. In fact, it's such a pain in the ass that most people don't want to take a home equity loan because either the interest rates are too high or it's just a pain in the fucking ass. <laughs> like one of the two. Um, um, but yeah, this is all super interesting, and and this is on this is on DTCC's website from September twenty first. So again, it's all early stuff. Like this guy's the executive innovation director or whatever. You know who knows? Like maybe not all of this comes to fruition, but the fact that this project between DTCC, Swift and Chainlink. Those are like two giants, right? Working in collaboration with Chainlink to make this work. That's a fucking bullish thing, man. Like, that's pretty impressive, Like, how do you get these people all in a room to talk? I don't even fucking know.
2: Takes a while. And again, I uh, these are these
0: are gigantic gigantic organizations. I mean, like I think. I mean, I, like they move a lot of money across the planet.
2: Yeah. And I think, I think there will be uh, some element to this where it's like slowly and then all at once, right? Again, I, it's, it's going to, yeah. there's going to be a moment yeah. where it's like within the span of like a couple months, it's going to be like pressing go and then, and, and then things are going to go pretty crazy. But, you know, I, it, it, again, I, I think that for people who, from an investment thesis standpoint, who are willing to you know? It's like imagine if, if when people thought the internet was just email, like when they thought that. Imagine if you could have like invested in the overall internet somehow, right? Like it, 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 it's not yeah. even that it, that you could have, but imagine if you could have. It's like you know that that's that's kind of how I see this. Yes, it could take some yeah. time, but I I think that is the closest kind of parallel I I I can draw. So. Here's what
0: Swift said. Um, This is back in June. Swift says, um, Swift Strategy Director Jonathan Soleil explained how CCIP secure middleware would allow Swift to interact with any blockchain through its existing PKI and messaging standard, which is already used by the vast majority of world's banks in order to satisfy undeniable interest from institutional investors into digital assets. Amid a growing number of blockchains today, Swift announced it will collaborate with more than a dozen top financial institutions, including Australia and New Zealand Banking Group Limited ANZ, BNP Paribas, BNY Mellon, City, Clearstream, Euroclear, Lloyds Banking Group, Six Digital Exchange, Depository Trust Clearing Corporation, that's DTCC, to further test how entities can transact with a variety of public and private blockchains through Swift's PKI and CCIP um we would expect to see a multitude of so so much for like the regulators uh, right. like uh like ban crypto that shit's not going right. to happen um like <laughs> you're talking about the the big money companies actually building on yep. this stuff so we would expect to see a multitude of different platforms emerging each serving different customer segments with their own bespoke capabilities and requirements uh blah 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 blah, blah. so like yeah so that that's the thing about this this is because it's like uh interoperability standard you can build interesting products on this without being completely hamstrung that like your bank has to do it exactly this way or whatever.
2: Yeah, Uh, There's there's, like like, and again very rarely are my points original but I've kind of like absorbed absorbed a lot of it. Another big thing is that there's almost I would argue there's basically no better way to gain exposure to the private chain Development type ecosystem than through Chainlink, right? And again, you know, you just rattled off that long list of institutions there. I mean, name another token that gives you exposure to the, to that um, as a as a narrative or as it, it, from a util, from a utility standpoint, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is there's also arguably not a better way to be long blockchain tech, but short or uncertain. Yeah. Um, regulatory clarity, right? Um, it, because right. like, yeah. there's certainly a world where maybe like a lot of what we would know as kind of like public type DeFi is like sort of hamstrung. I'm not saying it will be, but maybe that world exists. But like, obviously, these big banks lobby to be able to still tokenize shit and talk, you know, and the bank chains talk amongst each other and that sort of thing. Which again, I think chainlink very likely plays a big role in that, no matter what. So that that that'd be another. I think point point to chain link side. So
0: yeah, and like looking at this, um, there's some other articles too at DTC site, DTCC site about how Swift unlocks potential of tokenization and blockchain experiments. So it's really considered right now in this kind of experimental phase.
2: Exactly.
0: Uh, it looks like they've already, like, it's not only that difficult to do use, like, the APIs for fucking Swift or whatever. It's not rocket science, most likely. So, like, for the Chainlink people, they probably, like, knock that out in no time. And then they're just connecting their system to DCCC and then, like, connecting via. Um, and what's interesting about all this is that because CCIP is being sort of, like, designed and built around the existing infrastructure in mind, they already know it's fully compatible, right? Like right. because they have their APIs they've been using as the main driving force to build. Because the goal is to build, a, bring existing companies in, and then maybe have additional innovations that they can provide that were not in the in the previous infrastructure. Um, but yeah, it's and and then like so, what is the other like play on this? Would be like well, I guess the largest layer one blockchains where you believe these tokenized assets are going to be traded. So that's where that would be maybe the bullish case for, say, ETH, or that might be the bullish case for some of the like most prominent uh, layer one chains where where DApps and whatnot are going to use tokenized stocks and whatever else. Um, and that that then becomes a question of like, well, Solana is benefiting because it's fast and whatever else. So the, the tech in the blockchain side, of course, matters at some level, because if you're going to be, Trading these things on these platforms, but at the same time, the nice thing about Chainlink is you don't have to worry about which blockchain wins. Yep, it it wins if any of them win, or all of them win, or none of them win. Like any any combination, even if all of go to zero. Like, and you connect DTCC and Swift. Mm -hmm. I mean, that by itself is fucking huge. That's really really good. So, like, you know, that that's where this kind of like thousand dollar chainlink type, you know, meme narratives come from just when you dig through this yep. impressive, but it, but like you said, it, this is not the normie like no. story. Like it's like, you know, you just have to, that's why people like, Hey, let's do the quadrillions now, and <laughs> like, you know, because I mean like really like 99.9% of normies don't know what Swift is, nor do they know what. No. And,
2: and again, like you could probably apply that same per- percentage to most people that might be considered crypto native. I mean, it's, Right. hardly anyone actually knows what's going on unless, unless you've done a decent amount of digging and you know I, I'm okay with that it's you know am I going to have to be more patient yeah. than some yeah. it's, the, it's the alpha that makes you exactly early, right like, like
0: if everyone knew this well then like this would not be a good investment because everyone would already right. be in it that's so that's the always the thing about being early is like it's like when you were an early apple investor and like you know or you bought apple stock when iphone came out and it's like oh it's the price is pumped too high you know it's all hype right like you know like you're doing pretty good if you own apple stock from me you yeah. so the same story but that doesn't mean that like people then didn't understand the potential right. like when iphone came out as a great example nobody understood what the potential was like very few Point. like you know there's a few people like oh this is going to be amazing but i remember tons of people who didn't give a flying fuck about it like they were just whatever um and and they would have only wished to own the stock now so it's a similar thing i think here is like there's enough info out there here and there's enough legitimacy here that the probability they're going to do something is pretty high like so there is the risk that like some of these things don't materialize or they don't use chain link or something or whatever right that is a possibility but um the, that's the gamble. That's the speculation. That's just part of the game yep. here. You're like if if we knew it was going to be a thing, it would be market market so
2: outcomes. So uh, you know, yeah.
0: When, when, once once this becomes more like legit, like let's say DTCC and Swift both are connected, and they're most definitely using Chainlink now. And but then of course Chainlink's price might be two hundred bucks a coin at yep. that point. And now your gamble is much different, right? Yep. Like, you know, so. Your upside's not as high either. So it's like, well, you know. So the here the thing is like, you know, if it's like, well, I missed the ETH run-up because, you know, I didn't understand like how blockchains were going to be so big and like I didn't realize that much money is going to flow into the Ethereum ecosystem or how many builders were going to come and all that stuff. The 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 benefit of being in something early is the upside's higher, even though but the risk is also higher in terms of both immediate price volatility and it's higher as in like execution risk, meaning they don't actually build what they say they're gonna do, or maybe their whatever partnerships or test experience turn out to be flops right. or something, right? There's always-
2: It's why like so. it, when the best link FUD that people can come up with on Twitter is the stuff around like, oh, well, like show me like a, a revenue graph or like, oh, you know, Sergey's just, you know, dumping to pay for operations and stuff. It's like, okay, like what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, like but- wait till there's, the token is, is occurring 15% real yield and maybe, but then you're going to be paying $300 a coin at least or whatever. So exactly. You know, that's exactly. no, no, so, yeah. never certainty, any sense.
0: Certainty has yeah. a cost. Um, and yeah, like, yeah, you know, they say like first they'll fight you and all that, whatever, and then they'll join you. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely true in that like first they fought the iPhone or f- fought whatever, um, You know, and then later it's like, oh, okay, well, it's going to change the world. Um, So, yeah, there's always these hype cycles that go far ahead of the possibilities and the price pumps way higher. And then you get into overbought conditions and then the price will dump and you'll go into oversold conditions. And somewhere in the middle is probably the true value of a thing. And that price discovery is what that's what we mean by price discovery. It just takes time to sort that shit out and get there. But like, yeah, you definitely pay like. Yeah, now that Apple's a solid dividend earner and everyone uses iPhones, you could buy Apple stock today. Yeah. But it's gonna perform a 10X. Are you gonna get a hundred x on your Apple stock? Maybe, maybe not. Um, and the, the the risk is different too, because like once you get to a gigantic market cap, your upside may be capped to a sense to maybe a 2x or maybe a five percent per year growth or something yep. like that. But your your downside, however, if some competitor shows up, is actually quite high. Um, in theory like what if some new company creates AI iphone or some shit and everyone jumps to that thing because like apple's stupid now or something then you have um yeah then then you do have some possibility that like well it's not that your apple stock's gonna go to zero immediately it's just that like your are uh, the opportunity goes somewhere else and people are gonna the, the cash and flow is gonna go to something else it's gonna be the new growth thing like look at nvidia stock pumping for example mm-hmm. as opposed to uh the, the the price of intel stock right now so like you know like yeah. so like at one point you would have imagined that intel would rule the world like you'd be like oh that's going to be the biggest thing nobody's going to beat them and and like if you would have said to me today like if you would have said to me that oh like intel right now has what a price to earnings ratio probably you know like very small and if you look at amd's P/E ratio above a thousand right now you're like what the fuck Like what's going on here (laughs) like and um you would never have necessarily imagined that this to be the case um, like you know long ago or whatever and that's what's interesting like all these narratives and and these technologies um you you think are going to be um like something that when by the time they become stable you can now jump into them that is true i suppose But even then, look at Intel stock. It dumped from 2020 price of sixty-eight dollars down to twenty-five dollars at the bottom of the like 2023 bear Mm -hmm. market. That's an amazing dump, right, for a supposed blue chip. It's back up to forty-nine now, but you get the picture. Like, um, like you know, you could have bought uh, IBM. I'm sorry, you could have bought Intel at the top of the dot-com bubble. You know what the price was? $74, you know, when the, when it's gotten back to $74, never. Wow. Like, like the Intel has yet to get back to its, um,
2: it almost made it at 67. That's wacky. And back then what 74 bucks? Yeah. $250 now or something. I don't even know. (laughs) Like with inflation and whatnot, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. No. And like the big run up for Intel was like the giga run was like, So it went up from 1973 at like three cents a share. It ran like all the way to the very top of seventy three dollars over a period of 1973 to like 19 or so about the year 2000. Truly, the dot bubble was literally the top four. Intel, (laughs) like, and it dumped like a. It did a Bitcoin style dump from like seventy four dollars all the way down to twelve sixty four. Um, by the end of the dot com bubble at about 2003, and then it dumped again in 2009, um, like all the way down to I think this was at the 2008 financial crisis follow up, and it dumped like twelve dollars at wild. that point. And then it
2: have they have they done yeah. any, like uh, I guess have they done any stock splits though?
0: Yeah, I'm sure they have. And that, 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 that might, well, that might Actually,
2: no, I take that.
0: I don't think they have done a lot of splits. Really? yeah that's a good question though that's a good point um i don't recall them having done a lot yeah like they're yeah you'd have to look at their market cap comparison yeah to look but i don't see on my chart here the bunch of splits in here okay but yeah you could be there could be more splits than i'm I'm seeing here but still no but no, no no but the price no no but the prices i'm describing are the the when they do these trading view charts this includes the splits. oh it does it's like baked in or whatever it's baked into the whole chart, yeah. Okay. So they, they retrograde just all prices to the splits, okay. so that you're looking at apples. But yeah, it's the point is like these things will do their run up during their big growth period, and then like when people say, "Oh, I'm buying a blue chip; it's stable." The fuck it yeah. is! <laughs> like you can buy Intel for like 35, and it goes down to 12. That's not stable.
2: Are, are they? Are yeah, they? I, I assume they're a dividend stock, right? Yeah, they did.
0: Yeah, they have dividends as well. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Div- <laughs> Stocks usually will pay out a lot of their value as opposed to doing like stock buybacks. So Apple, what they did was they did a lot of stock buybacks mm. too. In fact, they borrowed buyback stocks. They they added more value accrual to their stock by doing that. But anyway, the thing is like with Chainlink and companies like this, it's like, you know, you're reasonably early. There's not a Chainlink IPO. Presumably the token is going to be it. Right. And that is sort of your exposure to in fact it would be antithetical to Chainlink's ethos if they suddenly went and created stock on the market that'd be weird right Uh, yeah that makes no sense at all probably um so like your the coin is sort of like a stock in this instance and if like more staking opportunities emerge where you can you know earn yield off it that's great and if more um value accrual mechanisms happen and more use cases so that it's used more as a cryptocurrency um Utility, then that's great. So, because economic activity ultimately builds an ecosystem. Right. Um, yeah, so, and it's, it's yeah, it's gonna be
2: it's. And you described it a bit earlier as well with some of the gas token type stuff. But I mean, it's gonna be the oil of this uh, this framework, right? And so, if the framework sees usage mm-hmm. and activity, then then Link is going to accrue value automatically. You know, payments for services, uh, security guarantees from from a node standpoint um when you know they're in in terms of attracting states states link and stuff like that so um and you know because basically like right now the way staking works is it's basically just like sergey like hand handing i don't know if you're staking yours at all uh, but it's basically just just handing folks some link right out of the out of his back pocket but eventually the way it's going to work is like it's it's going to be like okay as a node operator i'm going to be sort of like advertising um you know certain yields actually yeah, right now they're handing out they're handing out chainlink token yeah pretty right? much that's pretty much the way it's working but yeah eventually yeah. it's going to be node operators themselves basically advertising their service uh or you know they, they're going to be like okay like I, I we perform these services like and um, we're going to promise stakers this amount of yield and the, and they and they'll do that to attract a high amount of collateral so that then when they go advertising like the marketplace, people are going to be like, oh, like they have a lot of staked link. Like they're like, they basically can increase yeah. their amount of security guarantees. So right right now what's happening is that they're just bootstrapping. Correct. The network, essentially. Yeah. yeah, it's still still that so, phase so, yeah. and you know, it goes back to the point we've talked about a lot in terms of, you know, t- time is maybe the magic ingredient. But again, there's there's there are other things in addition to time that kind of all add up together, I think, so. Yeah, although when when um,
0: when Anchor Protocol bootstrapped UST by handing out yield from TFL's wallet, <laughs> uh, one called that a Ponzi too, so
2: like. <laughs>
0: yeah, that went really well. <laughs> that went really well, so but that was sort of, that's what they did, yeah. right? Like TFL was giving out yield as a promotional yield, and that yield was coming down before the crash yeah. and everything. And but they were trying to reduce the dependence on that. But the funny
2: thing there was there's no question. It's that, like they, yeah. they, they they had the right intention with UST I think, which was to increase organic demand. The problem is it ha- it had very little organic demand. I think that was part of the reason it got to this well kind of the, the, the issue is, the issue is it takes a really long time
0: to generate organic Absolutely. demand. Absolutely. So the thing is like the that like you know you can't have a century go by there is like a risk associated with not moving fast enough. Yep. So in that sense, like there is like, you know, looking at as many ways to build an ecosystem that people wanted to play in. One of that was mirror protocol. One part of that was like anger. Yep. And the whole idea is like you, if you have economic activity and you bootstrap, you know, these activities with some interesting shit to do, then, then it just goes from there. Yep. So it's sort of like a fake it till you make it kind of yep. idea um but so so there's something to be said for like uh bootstrapping networks because clearly someone has to invest something for the like like smartphone networks didn't emerge without someone having to subsidize that fucking network right like you didn't get you didn't get cell towers put up everywhere without some investment so you know so like and, and not only that but a lot of companies like they spend a ton of money on just advertising like that's a similar concept you're not actually like like you know someone has to know about your project and right. stuff and, and 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 so like i it's like some of the stuff that tfl did um, at the time to sort of bootstrap um demand and stuff i wasn't necessarily opposed to it no. but the thing is what what he realized is that like if you don't have a lot more base use cases for the tokens for the ust for the whatever then you know like when the 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 incentives dry up, who's going to stay in right. the system?
2: Yeah, it, it, well, I, I think right. I think they had a lot of great ideas fundamentally. I think it, it just got too big too fast. Was I think you know part of the problem, and of course that led to you know the the liquidity pool exploits and all that stuff, and just in terms of the sheer amount of supply that was out there. But you know that's that's maybe a little bit of a different thing but yeah to your point i mean but but the but the
0: question becomes like when if chainlink is is using team tokens to sort of um bootstrap the network then what happens ultimately with um um as that dissipates are node operators going to be incentivized sufficiently enough just on fees in the network to make it work well or
2: not, that that's in i think to be honest with you i mean you probably just hit uh, the 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 key. If there was a risk factor, I think that's the risk factor in regards to investing in in the protocol, right? I mean, that's that is that is the bet is that in the next few years uh, that this thing is going to grow to the point where there's lots and lots of activity, fees being generated, um, nodes are incentivized off of activity alone, or you know at least vast majority. Um and and all that good stuff, right? And again, that's it's it's a necessary aspect. It's the cold start problem, right? I mean, you, you don't have that organic demand, that organic activity from day one, it has to be built and developed. And I think that's where a lot of crypto protocols get it wrong. It's like you can advert, you can you can come out with the, the, the sexy ass token all day long, but it, it doesn't matter if you don't have real users and real fees and and, and real activity. And so I think well, Part of it too is like where Chainlink's different is right now, without
0: something like Chainlink, you don't have a great way to bring in tons and tons of like RWA/slash no, stocks. Not at all. And when you don't when you don't have that capability, you're just training trading junk coins back and yep. forth of random random protocol coins and BS a- coins. A- passing and the thing money is, back and forth, very p2p Passing money back and forth. And that's fairly Ponzi-ish yep. as well. So the thing is like. Chainlink, what it theoretically brings is a gigantic amount of transactions based on people tokenizing their stocks and playing games with those. So, like, there's a very big difference between like trading equities on chain with tokenized assets that are real, like actual real, like, you know, issued assets from DTCC versus like some synthetics or some BS or some other Ponzi. Whereas, like, you don't have to incentivize those that those will have organic use cases automatically and as a result like they probably could command all the fees and whatever because like people are actually going to use those things and pay potentially some fees to be able to do that and are they going to be competitive compared to brokerages and other things i'm not sure we have to see where that lands because like at the end of the day it's like well how badly do people want to play on tokenized versions of these things versus going to their brokerage yeah. no um and that that depends on what you plan on doing with your stocks and shit yeah
2: and and you know that's the first you know we've talked about a lot i think tokenization of RWAs that's the first and most obvious wave but you know i i i am a firm believer that there will be you know i don't know how far in the future but there's a lot of shit that is paper-based today that I think people take for granted, especially, you know, when you talk about contracts and, you know, it doesn't really matter the vertical supply chain or real estate or whatever, where I think I, I, I really believe that a lot of that may go through, you know, chain link oracles and networks as well. Right. I mean, when it, when it comes to contract guarantees and executions and event triggers, right. All of that, um yes there may be a financial element but it's not just okay it goes from small time passing money back and forth to big time passing money back and forth right these actually have like certain operational um uh implications as well that i think you know may may trickle down from a, a ubiquity standpoint too so you know i think the the applications it's like when people thought the internet was just email, they never imagined it was going to be Uber and Netflix and all this other shit, too. I think there's lots of use cases we don't even know. We can't even think about right now where, um, you know, Chainlink would be running. Yeah, there, there are, there's a few visionaries
0: back in the 1960s and 70s that thought of this shit. Yep. They actually did. And people are like, wait, what? <laughs> We're going to be doing what on the... And like, you know, you go back to those recordings, you're like, holy fuck, this guy was like, you know, like, like, Prodigy. Of all this yeah. shit, you know, I forget the name of the guys. Yeah. Who, who, oh, this article you sent me, by the way. So this is Calistone com. Tokenized funds go mainstream Asia and U.S. lead adoption race. So there's an, a graph in here. Tokenized offerings expected. Um, yeah, so know the Calistone is
2: a is that. a globe. It says they're this they're the largest global funds network. I'm not really sure how would I would define it, but yeah, this is like a survey they did of some some various like asset managers and that sort of thing around tokenization. And then the other one I said you was along similar lines by EY, uh, but they were both from from earlier this year. Again, neither of these like mention any specific tokens or chain link by name or anything. But uh, it's it's yeah, you know yeah. it's all. but it shows like so
0: tokenization offerings expected Asia Pacific region that within 12 months and this article was written when november 13th so within 12 months of by like november 61 um, percent of the tokenization offerings that are described so far will be ready within 12 months that'd be by november of this year theoretically 35 percent of them would be within the next three years and three percent next five years uk and europe you had 6% with no plans of tokenizing, 44% within 12 months, 47% within three years, and 3% within five. And then in the U.S., 60%, 0% of uh, companies had 0% chance, 0% of companies did not intend to offer tokenization. So basically everyone's doing it. 67 percent of us um within a year operations they're looking within a year 22 percent within three years and 11 percent within yeah. five so yeah the us is us and asia pacific seemed most aggressive with early tokenization mm-hmm. with practically none of the people surveyed or i don't know who they surveyed but like institutions or whatever saying that they were not going to do nope. this so this is why like when you heard like blackrock you heard um Jamie Diamond even when Jamie Diamond's sitting there bitching about right. bitcoin he's like very pro tokenization yep. and uh, imp- implying things are going this way and what we don't know is for sure is like you know how much of those or those companies building their own platforms versus using something like a CCIP. Sure. and 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 the thing is even if those companies did do their own platforms that's not to say that you couldn't connect to a CPI. anyway
2: yeah i mean you, lot, lots so, of them if not back. most of them going the you know, kind of private ledger route plus CCIP and or Oracle services, right? For for to actually enrich their uh, their tokenized assets and that kind of thing. So yep, it's uh fascinating. Asia
0: Asia says Asia says their top benefits of tokenization would be cost savings. So thirty percent said cost savings, twenty five percent of respondents said ability to create more personalized investment experiences, twenty three percent enhanced liquidity management, twenty two percent said access to new asset classes. Yep. And 0% were none of the above. Um, external factors were the biggest hurdles to digital asset adoption. Um, what is that, like regulatory and stuff? Let's see. Asset managers' perspectives on advent of tokenization. Uh, 25% think it takes a radical overhaul. Um, 67% think this is manageable. And 8% thinks they had to eliminate certain activities um or something like that to accomplish it interesting so it's a survey methodology based on a global survey connected Qth- q3 3 2023 by calistone a close partnership with global custodian objective studies assess the fund industry's adoption and attitudes towards asset tokenization majority of the surveys 141 participants were asset managers with the balance made up of other industry stakeholders interesting yep. It's kind of an industry industry survey, basically, yeah. of like, who's interested in tokenization. Right. So, cool.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and the the UI one is, is similar. Obviously, you can kind of take a look at that on your own time as well. But they, they surveyed asset managers and high net worth individuals and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, yeah, a big part of it is making Ill, certain things that are really illiquid now liquid um uh, you know re- certain real estate related investments often fall into that category um but you know there's there's other stuff as well so yeah like i said this this to me is the most obvious first wave certainly but i think as time goes on we're going to see more and more di- different kinds of things especially as smart contract applications develop and all that good stuff
0: yeah we're going to see uh of all of the tokens today, by the way, that sort of ran up a little bit. Akash did it's up seven percent, back to two seventy six. Interesting. I didn't think it would pump that quick. I thought it was going to like correct a lot more, but yeah, maybe it will still. Um, I like Akash. Yeah, I think I think I think what's, really what's your th- valuable
2: stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, what's your thought on like just where um, I'm? Just curious, like, um, like on this. Uh, BTC pullback. Let's let's see what Link BTC did. and See if it's developing any strength here. Um, it's hard to tell when you just like eyeball it because like you just see a bunch of candles. Um, yeah, a little bit down versus BTC. I mean, it went from like thirty eight seventy sats down to like thirty five. I was like, going like, to say it, it
2: was holding up pretty well. Um, I don't. It, it might. No, it's holding up
0: pretty good yeah. here, which which makes me think like um its next big move up is probably pretty close like i guess if btc dumps some more and we're able to sort of like the you know it's almost a good thing like so if btc dumps it's actually a really really good um opportunity to grab alts like because they drop more so the the benefit is like to the dip buyer it's really beneficial so i pretty much make a habit of every time there's something i want that drops a modest amount i usually get more just as a way to sort of dc every in the dips in every
2: you know 10 15 or whatever i just you know add some i i've been <laughs> it's funny because like i i initially bought zephyr at like i bought like i don't know like 5k or something at six bucks before the mm-hmm. before the big runoff yeah, yeah i sold a little bit mm-hmm. but then i i've I, I bought a bunch between like 17 and 19, because it really looked like it was building a floor there. And of course, but you know, it, it, yeah, yeah, see, shits the bed, it's like <laughs> everything goes out the window. Um, so that's kind of where we're at now. But I've been, I've just been, conti- I'm gonna, I will bottom tick my Zeph buys. I don't care how much fiat I, you know, burn in the pro. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. It's like let's find let's wherever this bottom is, I'm gonna fish exactly <laughs> and gonna find it. So
0: that's so, you know,
2: it's yeah, Zeph and Cacao, those are like my I, I kind of barbell my portfolio in a sense, at least, you know, crypto. So I have a bunch of links, but then mm-hmm. like Zeph and um how how's cacao doing now? it pretty much tracks with rune. Um, so it's it's basically just like my high beta rune play. My my theory is that like to the downside, it's probably going to be similar. But then, you know, if Rune ends up running to like 20 bucks, which is what, like a 5X from here, I think Cacao could maybe pull like um, like a 10 out, maybe, maybe double, maybe outperform it by a factor of two or something like that. Go to, go to like five bucks, right. maybe.
0: When, um, when Drake said, oh, don't fade um, Cacao, blah, blah, blah. And, I, I, you know, he told me about it at the very bottom, and I, I didn't pick it up because I was too lazy, to be honest with you. And um, so it's the, it's at it now, like, pretty attractive
2: so levels, I think, because I like a re- I had bought some around seventy cents after it had rechased from like a dollar. Yeah, I hit near a dollar twenty. So went to about a yeah, dollar, or maybe maybe a dollar ten. It, but yeah, it's it's below fifty cents now. And the um the speculative price on it, or the the deterministic price on it, rather, and, and Rune is probably similar from a multiplier multiplier standpoint. Yeah. But it's like they're I think they're both barely over two at these prices, which is like kind of mm-hmm. nuts. Um. In terms of it being a sol- yeah, in multiple. terms of being a solid deal, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is getting in that range. Yeah, both rune and mine are probably acceptable levels yeah. now. Um, or at least you could scale in for sure. Be below right. this level.
2: It's like yeah, if you like, if so buy you buy some here somehow, and then it get... like I don't know goes thirty five yeah. cents or whatever.
0: It's like who cares? But you just go exponential from here. You buy like every ten percent down from here. You double your bag yeah. or something. And That would be pretty fair. Like. Um with this type of volatility, like having an exponential buy is reasonable. because yeah. uh, we're down like yeah, uh it went to dollar six top and it was like it's fifty-five percent down from the top yep. now. And we're touched talking about Maya protocols. Um and the token is cacao, right? Not right.
2: M- so technically Maya Maya protocol, cacao Technically token. there is a Maya token, but it's like for governance only and it's not liquid. Um it was like airdropped to rune holders. So cacao is the one that is like the parallel to rune and it's paired with all the assets and stuff but i kind of it's 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 That's interesting fair. to me because i like rune a lot but the thing that interests me about kakalika are a few things so like one it's like a new token which all like enough in, in an like a nor like a full bull run yeah. always has its upsides number two it's paired with like a lot of cool shit so like it's paired with kuji and it's paired with uh they're working mm-hmm. on arbitrum you know maybe they'll eventually add like You know, Solana or Injective or something like that. So there, while Thorchain does like all the like the solid like ETH, BTC, Doge or whatever, like the big stuff, Cal is like a little bit more experimental. And so that you know, while all these other things run, that that could you know attract some interest in terms of being connected to some of those 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 you know those other layer ones and whatnot. So. Yeah, and like I said, I think to the upside, it, there's a decent chance it outperforms Rune by a factor of say fifty to one hundred percent, something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it'll be the beta play on, Rune, right. like You said, um, and it's—I don't know. If there's tracking with Rune. It's just like the entire market's tracking together. That's right, true. As as yeah, but it's—it's it's it's not like it's more. It's not
2: bleeding better. more. I guess what is is the way we'll put it. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But um, so it's like at a similar multiple to its deterministic price right, and stuff, exactly. Um, but at the same time, remember like the deterministic price of Maya may be much more volatile because remember like the way. So like for people that don't know how this works, uh, Thorchain Rune and Cacao for Maya Protocol. The way they work is like if you have a certain amount of TVL, let's say a million dollars worth of TVL on Thorchain. You have to have like I don't know three million dollars of the rune or something to secure that. Or is that the right number? Or Something, something like, like that. Does so, so you have to have like double or triple the amount of rune value to secure that TVL? And if you don't, if like liquidity providers come in and provide even more liquidity, then then those validators stuff have to actually buy up more rune and and supply it for securing their assets. So um, so where Maya's going to be even more high beta though. Is because the type of coins Maya's listing is more high volatility. Yep. They're not listing necessarily BTC yep. and ETH. They're listing what like little microcaps and things. Well, it, so and while it are, is interesting that th- they are, th- listing. it
2: is paired with BTC and ETH. But they also have stuff like your QGs, like your whatever arbitrams or whatever, whatever call it. So yeah, it's it, there. It will be to your point, like on average, probably higher higher volatility on that front. Yeah, because like when those microcaps
0: fall. The deterministic price for cacao falls, you know, faster than it would for for right. rune because of the way that microcaps work. That's what I mean yep. by so when the general market crashes, um, like cacao's price will also crash, but even more so because the the amount needed to
2: secure the network because it goes exponentially. Essentially, low. it's a bit of a moving target, right? That that would be the most important thing yep. to realize. Yep. But again, I think. All things considered, I, you know, I'm not no, saying as, as long as, long as of, you're
0: as long as you're comfortable with the as long as you're comfortable with the the, the, the volatility, because right. the, the flip side of that is when those micro caps pump to high yeah. heaven, uh, yeah. then Miles has to do this. Like same if you thing.
2: think like so. if you think $20 is a reasonable QG target or whatever, like cacao's is going to benefit from that yeah. as well.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So that's the thing, like with Rune, it's like the market caps of BTC and ETH are much harder to move up. Right, so if you want something that's like a moon coin, then probably cacao is more of a moon coin than yeah, than rune. So I I get what you're saying, yeah, it's definitely the beta play for for yeah, so
2: but anyway, that's that's pretty much me right now, link zephyr cacao. So it went during these market downturns, I have a tendency to try to concentrate stuff most of the time, so that's kind of where I'm where I'm at, yeah. I think I'm like Zeph, the chain link
0: zephyr, Kuji. um. Like, I'm hoping that uh, these goofballs don't send my remaining Luna to zero, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) which I I don't think they will. But like the the bankruptcy FUD now is in full effect. So it's like, okay. Um, And uh, yeah, a few random ones here and there, but like nothing exotic. Um, Little bits of a few things just to kind of keep an eye on them. But um, really now, like after my conviction, after just looking at all the different link things, I was like, ah. I think I'm going to put an outsized bag yep. in Link, and I'm going to let that run for like whatever 10x it's going to make at some point in the future, yep. and and that should be like, um, I just it's just simply a matter of being patient on that one because if you say like okay what stock in the stock market is going to do a 10x it's not that easy no, to not at all. Um, it's actually pretty tough, and so I think the alpha here is that like Chainlink's still early enough, and the upside potential is.
2: Exotic enough that it's worth the outside. And I think a 10x is very possible this cycle. And again, let alone like some some of the things we were talking about that might be twenty, you know, twenty twenty eight beyond or whatever. So, well, but the the big thing is like, what is you know, what
0: when and when exactly is the cycle actually going to start? Because when we talk about cycles, is like number one, are we going to have a cycle? Are are we are we echo bubble collapsing at the moment,
2: kind of thing? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never know if we're gonna have a That's cycle, true. and then the second thing is like, when's that gonna transpire? It's gonna be this year. It's gonna be next year. The year after that. Like, yeah, happen? no
2: one knows really know for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah, you don't know. Even like back in like 2019, when there was a, like a the BTC sort of bear market rally, like I thought for sure it would just run back up to all time high, and it didn't at that time. And we went from 2019 to 2020, things were somewhat sideways or like they weren't going exponential for sure. Um, So do we have that same sentiment now where like this coming year is sideways or do we just run it up turbo like immediately and like fuck all that or do we what? And I don't know. And the thing that with the stock market running, it it does make me wonder if we're just going to have a turbo run now. Like if we just be recovering. Yeah, like we just it everything just goes apeshit and all the different FUD about the ETFs and other bullshit. It just turns out to be whatever and everything just runs like fucking crazy. And, and then like that's cool because like retail becomes left behind until much, much later. Right. And so what ends up happening you know. is you have like even if you had a moderate bull run now, like it went, you know, you have, you know, you go halfway up and or like, you know, or just like you pass all time high BTC and then you dip back down or whatever. Then what happens is you then you grab in the retail right? Like maybe like, yep. so, so the newcomer, the newbie needs to be punished maximally. Typically, that's like that's how them. this market, that's how the market works.
2: It's Inevitably like, basically,
0: because like, it, like why would the market make it easy for the newbie to get in early? The newbie always comes in after prices have run up because that's when they hear about it.
2: Yeah. Right, they so got that, they got to you got to lose your shirt first to then you know make back the wardrobe or whatever yeah like you like imagine if the link or
0: whatever just i mean that uh, yeah like link it just m- starts moving mooning like it goes from where um it was back in like 2021 you know cuz we we're at like 20 bucks that range right and it just starts running up like just goes turbo for the next i don't know 8 9 months and then crashes after that. And then retail shows up, right? Like, yep. so, so some sort of weird giga pump could definitely happen. And it's it's interesting. Like, it seems like it's gearing up for that. Yeah. And Link, remember, back in 2020, it, it started out DeFi summer. So it actually ran early. And then... Um, and then pulled back, um, and then the whole market ran. You know,
2: together. it was and it was kind of a first mover uh, within the past few months as well. I th- I think because it went yep, from like yep. five bucks to like fifteen bucks in pretty short order. There was a there was a window there where it was like fifteen bucks, and then Rune was still chilling at like a dollar fifty. That would have been a hell of a rotation because then Rune went to like. or some shit like I I don't I don't try to play things like that sometimes I wish I did but obviously hindsight's 2020 so that's why it's like no one knows what the future is I'm just gonna buy what I have conviction in and sit on my hands and go to sleep at night you know what I mean so I think that's for most people the best way to, to to play it so although you're although you're generally happier
0: if like whatever you buy is in the green and of course you know that you could sell at any time and you're positive that's true um, the bag holder effect is not as fun. I would say no, like, it's, it's not, it just, I mean, it's interesting too. Like it's like a mentality, but it's, it's nice to have your assets, like maybe two, three X they're way into the green. And if by, they go up there, they're fine when if it's boring. Down,
2: right. Up, I mean, obviously like you and yeah. I, and a lot, you know, a decent amount of other people, I, I think, you know, Chainlink was yeah. giga boring for a year and a half. Now it's just mostly boring, <laughs> but there will be a there right. will there I will mean, be a point where it. it's really exciting, and at that point that people are going to yeah, get we, buying we, it at seventy bucks or whatever. We
0: went from a seven dollar average to like you know right now we're sitting at like a fourteen dollar yep. average. So the reality is it's like for a few month time frame that's pretty freaking right. good. Like almost nothing, almost like maybe like one stock or two, three, well, maybe like a small, like handful of stocks in the stock market did the same yeah. thing over the past year, year and That's a half or two years. So it's not like, you know, you were just ultra winning just because you were in something right. else, you know, like the, you, you did fine in Chainlink if you 2X right yeah. now, yeah. you know, you're you're doing just fine compared to almost everything. And then, you know, and then you're doing it relatively safely compared to a lot of other yeah. things. Yeah. And then if you like, so, yeah, I think a a move to like a couple of fibs up to 32 is very, very rational, even if it's like um, a short lived thing. And then, you know, pull back and consolidation would be good. um, You know, at some point. So, yeah, I think there will be a run up within if I had to guess, I'd say Chainlink's run up is going to be within about six months. Yeah, uh, somewhere in that time frame, somewhere in that time frame, you're going to have a big run and you should people should be patient more than likely. So anyway, cool. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we've been chatting a bit. Hopefully, people got some. <laughs> yeah, benefits I was. I right was
2: there. actually going to say I'm probably going to hop back to to listening. Got to do some chores and stuff. But appreciate the conversation. It's good. Good. Well, good. catching up.
0: A, I'm gonna. drop. I'm drop oh, you and okay. To get some other, then, before I try to get okay. some Sounds bed. Sounds <laughs> good. All right. All right. Okay. Talk soon, man. Yep. Yep. Hopefully everyone had a good day Y'all yep, too, too.
3: Motherfuckers Motherf- Motherf- screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first Serve mentality stuck in the birds. I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt We rape the blood of the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy While the thunder is served Motherfuckers Motherf- Motherf- walking around Here looking faceless Trying to make a living seven friendship bracelets Dead ants dragging out the maximum payments, read down days, got them acting all bankless, yo fam, what, check these token knocks, they probing this bear, flexing broken knives, oh, I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting Nottas, the and then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic, never known the politic, I was born to frolic, it's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot, we got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top, we like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom, over impossible loss, it's all moss, and I'm liking the odds, fondue doing the morning, forming Michael. I a better, better place smacking on the hostage like the shit is played for keeps clowns white knight and all these Leaves. they call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats tearing apart your community. all these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity gotta plan it in reach coming standard to each I'm on the back 10 stargazing after the siege commanding all the management to grab a few seats, and then we'll round up the beast and send a messenger east y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats hands up Timber Spaces